0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zom! Cause you don't want to be here. This ain't no one to be home Cause I was misery We knew when we got here They tried to put us away But when they see us walk down the street They bandy up the other way That's free L-A-T-A That's free In the whole U.S.A That's free L-A-T-A-R That's free block you and the, black, the better You got.
1: Yo, 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 it is a great week, it is time for the Dorito Taco at Taco Bell and (laughs) episode uh, 29, 29, Silver and Gold, we're back for you and you. Yeah, so uh, I'm the loaf, with me the Zom. Yo. 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 And uh, this week we are bringing to you uh, another silver and gold themed episode with a Henry Silva and our favorite gold, Dolph Lundgren. We have 1976 Shoot with uh, Henry Silva amongst others, Ernest Borgnine and Cliff Robertson and some other people I did not recognize, directed by Harvey Hart. And then we have 1997's The Peacekeeper, another I'm sure direct to video, Dolph Lundgren action thriller spectacular also starring Michael Sarazin who was pretty fucking good Montel Williams who was not and Roy Scheider uh so yeah we'll get to that in just a bit and uh we might have to get Reverend Scott to change that intro for us because after these Dorito tacos if it goes according (laughs) to plan our intro might not have to be 853 pounds it might have to be more like 900 pounds so I'm gonna be packing them in All right. So, Zom, how was your week, sir? I was
2: just not going to say anything and let people think that just for my – just that I wasn't here, actually here, and (laughs) just make fart noises. So, you know. Okay. Well, my week was okay. Um, Let me tell you something. I have a strange – I think it's the uh, uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome of the water in the basement, Mm -hmm. first of all. My balls fucking hurt. <laughs> now uh, I just needed to adjust for a second. Um, again, I just uh, I just woke up about probably five minutes ago, and unlike other podcasts when they like are yawning and they just woke up and they're uh, I wake up and because I'm like manic depressive, I mean you know I'm like ready to fucking roll to go baby. Um, anyway, um, my I've never quite felt. Uh, out of alignment the way I feel as far as my spine goes right now um, it isn't like uh, it, there's just something totally off everywhere it's it's not in one part or the other um, I stood up uh, at work the other night and when I stood up it when you take billiard balls and you're getting ready to rack them and you kind of clack them all together inside the little triangle thing that's what, like, my pelvis did. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, tear riced. And I'm sorry for all you religious people out there, but, you know, I just let it all hang out even though I am a non-believer. I'm a daydream believer and a homecoming queen. But everything else is all right. Um, just, um, you know, uh, I thought that I, I bought, uh, you know, I just, everything's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I'm not
2: kidding. It is fine.
1: Pretty pretty generic week for me. I did get yeah. a lot of cool things in the uh, in the mail. Eh, a good. gift from the good doctor. Well, yeah. Don Fargo shoot interview. Uh, never thought I'd enjoy hearing a, who where well might be a neo-Nazi talk about stuff. But
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I uh, forgot
2: he, about that part. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a uh, for anybody that doesn't know Don Fargo was a member of a pretty spectacular tag team in the fifties, uh, the, the Fargo brothers, him and Jackie Fargo. We talked about Jackie Fargo during our Memphis heat review. Um, but they, uh, he, he, that guy, he, he loves life. He's a, he seems like a happy guy. They get, they mm-hmm. fed him some beer and he just tells funny story after funny story. It was fr- pretty fucking good. Uh, I did when you talked about the toothbrush in the asshole and oh, yeah, yeah. he pulled it out and brushed his teeth. He said he did the same thing with a cigar yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the part when they would walk into bars butt naked too
2: yeah but what was the weird part and the funny part <laughs> i don't know crowbarpress.com
1: yeah so if you got it looks like crowbar puts out some uh some good shit i mean i i've really liked their books I, i'm still chugging away on the uh on the stan hansen book um i got the uh also got the bruiser brody book this week i'm excited to start that the the one that's very very uh very nicely designed it's not just a not just a book it's i mean it's got lots of photography it's you know it's almost a coffee table kind of thing um
2: i liked it cuz it um it um is uh, the stories seem like they're they're sort of split down the middle mm mm-hmm. You get the one stories from guys who are like you know I mean, he's cool as hell the guy was a, uh, a rebel he's you know he he uh, didn't take any shit from these promoters he was an outlaw but he he did it for his, the boys you know and all this stuff and then the other ones are like he was a fucking
1: asshole <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm curious what it's what it how it's going to come out after you know reading that right after Stan Hansen's book you know Stan Hansen had you know he he knew him just as well as probably anybody in the business because they were mm-hmm. together for so long and you know he talked about the differences between him and him and uh, Brody and how uh, you know they're just ways of doing business and Brody had just such a chip on his shoulder and stuff and I'm just mm-hmm. curious to see how someone else approaches it so
2: was well, weird with the Hansen book because for years and years and years I mean even when Hansen would do an interview he would not he would he would never talk about um, him getting killed
1: I you know, I haven't gotten that far in the book I'm not yeah. I'm, I'm curious what he says about that so um, that's a it's a you know bruiser Brody get, getting stabbed is such a weird uh, yeah. kind of cloudy yeah. subject <laughs> and it's you know what what exactly went on and you know, if the repercussions of these people is legit or not, I mean, if anybody's ever seen that Manny Fernandez obliterating that one guy that was yeah. a- involved and, you know, I've, I've read that, that, you know, he might've just swallowed a bunch of cow blood beforehand. Yeah, and just yeah. vomited. So who knows, but yeah. Um, well um
2: if you that's what <laughs> I just I just typed in www.crowbarpress.com and as soon as it comes up I guess you know he has a, a Nikita Koloff book that uh, he just did and uh, and you get to see a, a picture several pictures of Nikita Koloff. if you have ever seen him before he was a Russian So, you know, fake Russian wrestler and he always had a shaved head. Well, you get to see him with like a feathered, um, kind of eighties parted in the middle feathered hair (laughs) and it must have been at his wedding and it's, it's kind of weird looking.
1: That's funny. Yeah. That dude was fucking enormous. Like I remember him him being big when I used to watch, uh, whatever, um, but well, I watched, when I watched that Road Warriors documentary a couple weeks ago, that motherfucker was really big when he first started.
2: He was jacked. He must have, I have, he must have
1: slowed it, down on the juice a little bit as his career went on. So
2: Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, do you remember the referee, Tommy Young? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Tommy Young was um, – I mean, neither here nor there, but Tommy Young, which I never knew because he never talked on TV, uh, was is a, a um, homosexual. And uh, if you hear him talk, you know, I I don't want to say that all people that, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, you you can tell. (laughs) I I hate to say that. I hate to be stereotypical, but you can tell. And uh, he talked about refereeing a wrestling match with Ric Flair and Nikita Koloff. And, um, you know, you hear these stories all the time and you wonder, okay, I wonder if this is true or if it's just sensationalism or whatever. But then they showed a clip from this. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ric Flair. I believe lifted Nikita Koloff up for a vertical souple, And Nikita Koloff did not wear, most guys would wear the tights, but they wore what they called under tights underneath, yeah, yeah, yeah. which would be kind of not a jock. They said you never wore a jock strap because it looked shitty when, if you know, because the, the, the straps in the back would come out. <coughs> So they just wore like a tighter pair of smaller tights, almost like bikini
1: briefs underneath. Well, Nikita Koloff never did. So you wouldn't see the mushroom cap, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and uh, Flair lifted him up for the verticals, uh, you know, suplex and, and uh, Nikita's balls and uh, and dick came out. And they show it. So they taped it. I don't know if it was on TV and they edited it or what, but it's on there. And when he hits the, gra- the mat, he doesn't realize it. He doesn't even know it. And Tommy Young looks up before he goes down to make the count, and he reaches over and grabs his tights and pulls them over his balls to go,
1: And <laughs> his the, dick. Dick and balls. Good ref. Good yeah, ref.
2: Yeah. And he's probably like,
1: ooh. Uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. play. <Supply. laughs> and, um, uh, thank you to, uh, thank you goes out to, uh, Jake McLarge huge when I, I, entered his, uh, boobies contest from Podcast Without our Humanity mm-hmm. and got a, uh, complimentary prize i did not win the grand prize but he sent me a reiko ike cd of some of her music and her tits are out on the front and the back of the case yes (laughs) i posted a photo of that on his facebook group so you'll have to go and i
2: found i found you know through through the internet community you often find people that have thing you have things in common with that you never knew Mm -hmm. and and sometimes you know you can you know kind of uh either bond or commiserate on certain things. And I found out this past week that I was not the only one that got fucked on the Kringle. So I do feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I, some, I feel better that somebody else was as, miser, was as miserable as I was.
1: Well, you know what they say. Misery loves company. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) All right. So we've been talking for 30 minutes already, and we haven't gotten into what What? we've been watching yet. (laughs) Um, So what have you been watching this week, sir?
2: Okay, people. Here's what I've been watching, sir. Um, I was watching um, a documentary. I don't know. Sometimes I watch those. And it was called uh The Life of Riley and it is a documentary about Charles Nelson Riley. Uh and if you know <laughs> Um Charles Nelson Riley was a comedian that was often on uh like match game uh and some of these um, uh what's a Hollywood Squares and and uh, uh game shows. And, uh, this is basically, he, he wrote, I think, kind of like his memoirs, and, um, and somebody's got the idea, hey, you know, you ought to do a stage play. So he, he basically stands up and does a monologue and he walks around. It's, it's, pretty entertaining cuz i mean you know the guy is an entertainer and uh, yes and just to let everybody know he is still alive and that's one of the parts of the thing it's <laughs> like everybody's like is charles nelson riley still he had newspaper clippings from the past probably 20 years where people would write into newspapers or magazines to say is charles nelson riley still alive and uh, so it was a pretty good um, the next thing i watched was J. edgar with a leonardo dick Crap, Caprio, and uh, I think this was directed by um, the guy with no name. Um, oh shit, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. Uh, it's um, boy, I'm telling you what, people. I, I kept thinking, you know, Clint Eastwood has usually been pretty solid, you know, when he puts out stuff, and I mean, it ends up being really good, and. Uh, uh, this one starts out so slow that it's, uh, you know, I let everybody else up to watching it. It does pick up and, and, uh, but it's, it's, uh, I don't know. Cause I kept thinking, why haven't I heard very much about this? You know? And uh, now I know why, um, uh, <laughs> And, and spoiler alert, Jay Groover was gay. <laughs> 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 I'm sure most people do that. Um, Let's see. Uh, next you thing can, I watched,
1: you could tell by the way he talked, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it was like teeth cries. Machine gun Kelly, like, get the fuck over here! God damn, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, that's so so. Uh, well, now let me ask you a question. Okay. Okay. Now I I, I want you know I'm a red. I'm, well, I'm not a redneck, but I live in West Virginia, so I can hide behind the fact that I'm stupid um, and ignorant <laughs> about the subject. Um, I'm not um, by saying that I'm, I'm I'm doing a Rush Limbaugh thing here. Yes. Uh, by saying that, I am not saying that all gay men talk like that. But I'm telling you what, if you're a man and you did talk like that, you're fucking gay. <laughs> anyway, um, maybe not necessarily. I don't know. Where was uh, the
1: question there?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, you got a pair of friends. Yeah. Um, hmm. hmm. The next thing I watched was 60 Spins Around the Sun. It was another documentary, and um, it was really good. And uh, it's about this comedian, and he was an up-and-comer, and and he was actually on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I got a a shot on there, but he – I think he also has a a, uh, (laughs) – definitely a manic streak, Mm -hmm. and he's one of these people that can't uh, fucking keep his mouth shut. Uh, see the last comment that I made before I started this review. And, um, <laughs> they got him in trouble. And, um, he, but his whole thing is he's an advocate, um uh, for, uh, the, the, um, I wouldn 't say the legalization of marijuana, but basically what he adv- or what he fights against is the rockefeller laws in in New York, which is mandatory sentencing for uh drug offenders so if you get caught like first time with uh and you had uh, uh, a thimble sized thing of cocaine or 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 you know crack or whatever in your pocket you know mandatory fifteen year sentence so these people that are are not um, You know, they're not hardened criminals. They're not, you know, violent criminals or anything. Because he even excluded, you know, he said, okay, we're only talking about people that were not involved in violent crime. But you also have people like that that, as soon as they get a 15 year sentence, they go to prison, say they're in there for, I don't know, you know, seven, eight years, good behavior, they get out, well, then they have a felony conviction. If you got a felony conviction, you can't get a job. Nobody will hire you. Blah 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 blah. It perpetuates itself, and you're back in whatever. So he fights against that, and it was really good because at first, you know, it's it's almost like I was saying about the Bruiser Brody book, where um, you know some people say you know the guy was this in a in a glowing way, and some people, but this guy was like you know, for the most part, everybody admired what he did. But they just said if you're around him for any length of time, you can't stand him, which is pretty cool. Um, (laughs) Next thing I watched was The Man from Hong Kong. Um, Have you seen that before? Yeah. I got it from Cinema Day Bazaar. And uh, you know what? Let me tell you something, people. I got a big order in from Cinema Day Bazaar. They had a uh, big special, but it's off now, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, they're pretty cool. And – you can uh, even get a little knocked off your uh, your price uh, just by saying, "Hey, man, hey, man, it's like this. I don't need all this cover art in a box. Just send it in a sleeve, and it'll knock it. You know, knock the price off your
1: uh, each." Uh, DVD and they the, they do the gentleman's guide code too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. GGTMC ten or something like that. Yeah, a gentleman. T- I can't remember the exact code.
2: And they always get the, the the one thing that always surprises me, and I don't know why, because I've ordered from them a couple times, but it always surprises me that when you order and say you order, you know, five DVDs, you'll order them, and as soon as they get your order, they'll send you an email back and say, okay, you can pick like four more for free. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. You end up with a whole shitload. Um so anyway, people, uh Man from Hong Kong, I the the one of the reasons I watched it, I showed it to uh, several friends that have never seen it. And um, you know, we they, they were commenting on Roger Ward running up the giant red rock with uh Samo at the beginning and uh and uh one fight scene with Jimmy Wang Yu where the um the heel, who is a uh, big old Caucasian dude, uh the ass of his pants split out, which is <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway it, it was um, it, they, they liked it um, yeah. and I do like And too <laughs> uh, <laughs> though it amazes me every time I watch it that uh, the entire time that Jimmy Wang Yu is making out with these uh, Gaijin Caucasian girls uh, I just can't even think of anything other than him eating onions and garlic and having shit breath on purpose because he hated uh, um. he hated honkies Yeah, he did hate honkeys. I don't know if he hated honky men, but he sure shit didn't like honky women. Uh, Next thing I watched was a movie called Hugo. Uh, It's about this, uh, you know, uh, little uh, kids chasing after this key. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Hugo. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like this movie. Uh, I liked it a lot when I watched it, but then when uh, I, I read the discussions on uh, said Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema that bring class trash since 1977,
1: and I was like, ruin good movies. Should,
2: should I have liked this?
1: i <laughs> 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 like, I did,
2: but now I feel like I shouldn't have. No, I did like it, and I don't give a fuck what they say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't care if Sammy put it on his top 30, even though everything he said about it he didn't like uh, that's fine He can. (laughs) Um, next thing I watched uh, but I did like it I thought it was I thought it was really good it was uh, it was something um, if I did have I could watch it with chief and Mary and not have to worry about you know content and had a lot of dogs in it too Uh, next thing I watched (laughs) was a movie and I'm trying to think what this is as I read it it's called retreat and it has that uh, was it uh, Killian Murphy yeah and that really super-duper skinny chick from Ooh Crash that was Matt Dillon harassed uh, – I can't remember what her name is. but Because she reminds me of the girl from Columbiana, but it's not the same person. And she is so skinny that it literally – I was like, ugh. That, uh,
1: I've seen her in something else recently.
2: Yeah, she's in everything. She's Her and the Columbiana girl but have this look, and they're in a lot of stuff. But for God's sakes – Fucking! If the camera puts ten pounds on you, bitch, you are near dead. Eat fucking food. <laughs> uh, but this is pretty good. I was—I I think I remember somebody talking about this uh, a while back, uh, maybe on GGTMC. Uh, but no man, well, I'm I plugging these motherfuckers every two seconds. But it's pretty good, and it kept me guessing. Um, so I like that. Okay, and that guy—he wasn't like the scarecrow in this one. He was—he's still kind of strange looking, but um, just kind of a uh, well, whatever. I don't want to say. I was going to say an ineffectual puss cuckold husband but you know i'll just let you figure that out uh, uh, wait a minute oh i next thing i watched was uh two for the seesaw mm-hmm. and um i saw this was about uh, as i turned on the tv and it was on uh, the this uh channel T I T H <laughs> I T I H S. my dyslexia coming Kiss. through here. <laughs> it is. Uh, and this is uh, Robert Mitchum and uh, Shirley MacLaine. And it was it was based on a uh, play. So you can kind of sort of tell because, I mean, it's just a ton of dialogue. And it's just them in a the room most of the time. Uh, or, you know, two different rooms ago. Um, but uh, it's pretty good. I like Robert Mitchum. He, this is when he was just, you know, really fucking goddamn just badass. You know, just big ass macho man. Yeah. But it's not that kind of a role. And in some ways, I thought maybe that he was sort of miscast, but, you know, I still liked it. Black and white, 1957. Shirley McClain. Richard Burke, not.
1: What's his name? What? Robert Mitchum. Anyway. Oh, I thought you were looking for someone else.
2: <laughs> well, I fucking drew a total blanket. I was sitting there. <laughs> okay, the next thing I watched was uh, Randy um, seemed to. I don't know if he did enjoy it. If you did enjoy it he kind of uh, chastised me for recommending it and him watching it uh it's called it's a documentary called uh, shut up little man i encourage you to watch it okay. uh, it's, it's i thought it was pretty funny uh but it, it it it's funny but it it does it has different layers to it and some of them are not good um Shut up, little man! Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, these uh, young guys are moving in into this apartment and, uh, when they were young. And uh, the next-door neighbors were these two old men, and they would fight constantly. And they would scream and yell at each other constantly, like, you know, you cock-sucking faggot, you motherfucker, go suck a dick, blah, 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 blah. Shut up, little man! You know, just back and forth, just screaming at each other. So at first, because they wanted to tell the cops, you know, what was going on, they recorded that. Uh, and then, as they started recording them, they thought, "You know hey, this is pretty actually pretty funny." so they started recording them more and more and more, and it became uh they started kind of selling the the cassette tapes just in online or magazines or not at first they weren't even selling them i don't think they were just like showing them to their friends and it just got around mm-hmm. but it's it's pretty good uh and it uh kind of ha- you know makes you think about privacy and stuff like that anyway uh, thing i watched was the skin i live in with antonio yeah, excellent. and let me tell you something people fucking antonio banderas uh okay, yeah, maybe he's made some poop before, but this guy, I swear to god, <laughs> if I could eat somebody, you know god, well, with the exception of being married to Melanie Griffith, because I don't understand that at all. Uh he married this chick who was Older than him, and now she is so uh, plastic surgery victim. Oh poor Antonio! You could have had any. Well, you know, I, I just was about ready to say he could have had any woman that he wanted, but he still can. You know, it gets a Fuck. Hey, marriage. <laughs> okay. And then the next thing I watched, which is the last thing, which I'm sure you're glad of because I'm totally rambling, trying to get this in, blah, 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 uh, was on the recommendation of Jake McLarge, huge, and it is called Wolf Guy enraged lycanthrope starring Sonny Chiba. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, that. not that the Sonny Chiba one we kind of started at his house?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> it was. And uh, um, it is uh, – I, I just don't even know what to say about it because it is very – <sighs> let's just say that the movie has – several pro- plot lines that go on that that kind of, it's like if a hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you know, you see wolf guy, and you think, okay, you know, Sonny Chiba's wolf guy, the wolf guy, and you know, he's a fucking going to be like a werewolf or whatever and um then there's a lot of talk uh, throughout the entire movie about syphilis and <laughs> people getting syphilis and then people having other superpowers and um gang rape and lots of blood uh, uh, um secret um uh, Societies or secret agencies, secret societies. That the I'll, I'll just give this. This isn't giving anything away, but the ones called J CIA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it is. It, it starts off a little bit. Um, I don't want to say it starts off slow, but it's just like it takes you a, a little bit to to wrap your brain around it because instead of just going full on with you know. Werewolf lycanthropy or whatever. Lycanthropy. <laughs> I don't, know, I, I don't you know, know what it is. Yeah, that's. I think you're right. Uh, it it just goes off in a lot of different directions, but it, it is never dull. Um, <laughs> and other than that, okay, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Christina in Houston, Texas, uh, for sending me um, yeah a little a little gift. Uh, and it was awesome and I am drinking out of my Marvel Comics Thor yellow Thor mug which you can see cool. uh, the picture on uh, on uh, my Facebook page and also the little round um, it's like uh, Venom Doctor Doom Daredevil Cyclops and the thing little round thingies and uh, it, it was pretty cool and uh, <laughs> let me tell you something uh, if, uh, if she's listening right now the fact that, that, the fact that you wrapped that as well as you did with the big bubble wrap uh, came into play because when I went and picked picked it up, uh, the woman goes, this box is kind of damaged. And the whole side of it was smashed like somebody had dropped, uh, hit it with a sledgehammer, literally. And uh, when I opened it up, I said, well, let me check. And I opened it up, and I saw this giant – it wasn't even just bubble wrap. It was the one with the giant bubbles, and, <laughs> and that fucking thing was not touched. Oh, awesome. 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 Thank you very much.
1: Very That's cool. all I got, Unless right.
2: you want my mom's phone number and
1: Emily's. Yes, we'll, we'll talk about that off the air. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, got pro- the. Phone.
1: uh I already have your mom's number. Um, I had a good week. No, uh, you didn't. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I watched a film that I decided uh, posthumously to add to my top thirty list that I posted on Gentleman's Guide and our Facebook wall, uh, Facebook page, um, Moneyball.
2: Mm.
1: uh the story of billy bean and literally
2: say wasn't that fucking good
1: <laughs> it was really good ah. it was really good i um you know, I've, I've t- I have some uh, good uh, baseball fans that I work with, and we talked a lot about the movie. And, you know, one of them was saying that the book is better and that the the, you know, the other guy was arguing that they did leave out the fact that the A's did have one of the greatest, like, three-man rotations ever at that time. It was, like, Mulder. And there was three guys that they –
2: That our cow wasn't short and fat.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's like they, it <laughs> they left out the fact that they might have had some awesome pitching too, which definitely could have <laughs> helped uh, win 20 games in a row.
2: Let me tell you something, people. Awesome pitching is good and stuff, okay? But if you don't have that whole team thing going, you can just fucking take that vote out the window. <laughs> and reading a book, give me a fucking break. I yeah. thought like reading a movie. Because, uh, fucking. I never heard about the book being like, you know, starring Brad Pitt.
1: That's <laughs> true. There is no book starring Brad Pitt, not one. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, All
1: right, yeah. So that was really good. I ended up putting it at number twelve on my. And top you
2: do 30. not have to be a baseball fan to watch that one.
1: No, you don't. It it, it helped me, but because it's cool seeing like how some certain people are portrayed that you may know who they David are already. Justice. That was yeah. I was like, I don't <laughs> know that David Justice was like, exactly like this guy. <laughs> maybe.
2: So wouldn't he, wouldn't, didn't he? Was he married to Halle Berry or just
1: fucking her? Probably both. Yeah, you know, you
2: know, basically what what I should have answered my own question. He made her feel good. <laughs> um,
1: then I watched a little string of documentaries here. Unlike me, I know. shit, um, they were they are on instant. Uh, I got uh, I watched Being Elmo, a puppeteer's journey. Mm. This is the uh, story of uh, Kevin Clash who kind of inherited the elmo character i believe in the late 80s and kind of made him into the, you know i mean he's the face of sesame street pretty much now you know you know it was burton and ernie and then all of a sudden elmo becomes you know the marketable thing on sesame street so this is good i mean it's i know it's kind of it gets into the whole you know jim henson doing and i had no idea clash had been around as long as he had as far as jim henson stuff goes but i mean he worked on uh dark crystal and labyrinth and stuff like that so um it's really interesting it's on instance pretty short it's like an hour and 10 minutes so it's a good good quick little watch um i watched uh on the recommendation of the large william uh the black power never heard of him (laughs) never heard of him i watched the black power mixtape um what's that it's um it, it it it's chronicling the black power movement from the, in the late starting in the late '60s through the mid '70s, and like you know, issues <laughs> that, the, <laughs> that the black uh, community had with drugs and stuff by the end and stuff like that. Yeah, really good music, hmm. and um, it's actually uh, made. Uh, it's a Swedish film. Whoa! So it's and and you you don't really get that Swedish
2: for, black people.
1: No, well, no, no, no. take like the it's about the black power movement in. United States, America, but almost through the eyes of Swedish journalism. There's a lot of stuff, with, ah. um, you know, the, talking like TV Guide had an issue with the Swedish government and, the, and stuff. I mean, it's it's uh, it's an interesting <laughs> I'm not
2: it's, check interesting that one out. Article. OK, what's it called again? The
1: Black Power <laughs> Mixtape
2: Black Power Mixtape. I'm on it. Very good.
1: Very good. Um, and then I watched uh the sun behind the clouds tibet 's struggle for freedom um I, bl- I this had to have been made for, for t v <laughs> um this is an interesting look uh, it 's about you know every, i mean people probably know the the what tibet has gone through for the last fifty years as far mm-hmm. as china kind of taking their land back and china china is Continuously moving in, um, there's you know there's tons and tons of uninhabited land, and you know China doesn't want to let that go because of all the resources that are there. And but you know at the same time, the Tibetans don't feel safe. They've all fled the country. There's you know only a few thousand mm. left to actually yeah. like native Tibetans left in the country. But what this what this documentary kind of explores is uh, the Dalai Lama, who's been in exile since '59 in India. But it his You know, there's there's people on one side that are saying if he would only just say Tibet, let's declare independence, everybody would follow him. But Mm. yeah, and they massacre him. Yeah, he has this. (laughs) What did you say? They massacre him. (laughs) Well, he has this. uh, He, you know, the Buddhist side of him says follow the middle way. You know, Mm -hmm. we're fine with China being here at the same time. China should grant Tibetans you know autonomy. Let us be Tibetans, not Mm. not, not Chinese. And everybody kind of follows him as the spiritual leader, and, and, you know. On the, he's got people that just the presence of him says, you know, to them, "I want to be independent." And then you have the mm-hmm. others who just say, you know, "We're going to do whatever he says, and we'll just do." You know,
2: do if, you follow him as a spiritual leader? I because I'm getting I don't, a vibe from you. I
1: don't. I, I do not. And he's, Are you sure? He's a very, very smart man. Um, mm. I, I don't I don't really buy all of Tibetan Buddhism. There's a lot mm-hmm. of um pullover from uh Hinduism and stuff. It's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a very spiritual um, t- sect of Buddhism and all of it is not for me. Like I I mean, I don't I don't buy the whole the whole like, you know, being born again stuff like that and you know, finding the Dalai Lama in the first place, it's like, you know, lighting fires, following smoke and yeah. it's kind of weird.
2: So, does Richard Gere do any commentary on this?
1: Uh well not on the Netflix instant one but there is another there is another, I almost uh, expect he's
2: in every one of them
1: yeah there well there's another one on there um it's a just a lecture another instant watch mm? uh, documentary it's a lecture by the Dalai Lama that that Richard Gear introduces so so he's there at the lecture um, and then I watched another documentary about uh. The world struggles against giant bugs, and they have military uh, what <laughs> starship troopers? It was called.
2: Oh, um, I thought you were testing me <laughs> to see if I was paying attention.
1: The uh, this
2: I you know I am, babe. I'm always I, here for you, babe. I put
1: this off for so long. There's no reason for me have done it for done, the, done it for this starship starship troopers. Fucking raw. Yeah, that was really good. Um, <laughs> I I it was really especially good after I read the kind of the. I guess I guess yeah. controversy with it. How you know the book is kind of this almost like pro <laughs> pro fascist. But like it's, yeah. it's like required reading in milita- in, in U.S. military and uh, yeah,
2: you know the the, the the I think they use similar principles in the uh, run up to the Iraq War to tell you the truth. Now,
1: think, yeah, uh, so it, so it's interesting that Verhoeven took that idea and made it completely like a, a not Nazi farce. Uh, it's 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 a good movie. It's it's you know smarter than it appears on its surface. So, I,
2: smarter I, than Denise Richards.
1: God, she what a dummy. She is hot, but man, yeah. she was yeah. a fucking wooden block. Well, you I, know, everybody in that movie kind of was, but intentionally. But I think and some people
2: just, may think that she is you know that that might just be like a you know an act, an act. But I will say this, and I'm I'm going to do some deductive reasoning on this. She married charlie sheen and he fucked every porn star he fucked every prostitute uh and he was like the number one guy in heidi fleiss's book and then she was shocked that he cheated on her so i think that she probably is fucking dumb <laughs>
1: yeah uh so I, I i i through the movie i was like i wonder if this book would be good and then when i that's when i started reading I'm like, oh, he was making fun of the book. So.
2: <laughs> oh, and sorry, Emily, because I know that she really likes um, Denise Richards.
1: Oh. I like what she looks like. So anyway, um, my uh, next movie, Fucking my, sexist my wife was getting uh, tattooed this week. So uh, instead of reading, I watched a movie.
2: Yeah, <laughs> What'd she get? get? And where? Uh,
1: she got a, a, like a kind of a hawk feather tattooed on her rib cage.
2: Mm, God damn it. That was a letdown.
1: <laughs> so um I got I watched Kansas City Confidential. Um it's on the
2: silver and gold tattoo like right above her uh pupus. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll work on that. Um okay. this had a, a babyface Jack Elam and babyface Lee Van Cleef. I don't mm-hmm. actually not not babyface Jack Elam. I don't think that guy, I don't think that guy was ever had a baby face. Even i even hate to see that did.
2: baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Whoa. Oh, um, whoa.
1: This is a kind of a I guess it's a heist movie, but it's it's a it's it's a film noir from fifty two uh it really more follows up it's like the follow up and the guys working on splitting up the the heist money afterwards in mexico um it's good it's on instant uh, definitely worth checking out um this morning I finished a netflix movie uh, the petrified forest um this is uh a guy named Leslie Howard, who I did not really recognize. Um, oh, and- movie, is no, no. What's that?
2: Leslie Howard? Is that an old movie?
1: Yeah, 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 1936. Uh Betty Davis.
2: Davis. Gone I think.
1: What's that?
2: He was in uh, Gone with the Wind.
1: Oh, okay. I, I, I've not seen... Gone with the Wind is one of those films. I I saw it in fifth grade, which is way too early to watch it, because, come on, who at fifth grader wants to sit there for fucking three hours and watch some sure. Civil War melodrama, but... Um, so I don't really remember anything except for a dude getting his legs sawed off in Gone. With yeah, the that world. was
2: a major part. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but now, it, my
2: mom and my uh, two sisters—that's like one of their favorite movies. So uh, I watched it several times. And you know, uh, I will say this. <laughs>
1: Whoa, that's it. <laughs> um, and it also has Betty Davis, and uh, it has a very early role, or I guess early like main role for humphrey bogart he plays a mm. he plays a uh a gangster that kind of comes in and it it turns into a really interesting film he's kind of holding everybody hostage in this uh was he skinny with a big head buck teeth he no i mean he's he looks pretty young um mm. his hair is real tussled and he's got the five o'clock shadow i like dirty humphrey bogart better than i do clean shaven uh <laughs> he uh but you know he's he's, hey. he's 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 not in most of the movie but he plays a kind of a Important kind of cog in the whole machine. So
2: now, he was the, the the one that the the, the, the uh, uh, Lauren Bacall. He, he was, uh, you know, they, they had this, you know, great relationship or Can you imagine him on top? Okay, here's Lauren Bacall, who had a voice, a very deep voice, deep rude flavor. And then Humphrey Bogart's on top of her, see? And he's saying, come on, bitch. Yeah, you like it, you fucking whore. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, give me some of that deep root flavor. Humphrey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm licking your asshole now, you fucking cunt. Oh, yeah, you like it. Oh, yeah, see? See, that's what I'm saying. I just had that picture in my head. As soon as you started talking about that, I was like, man, I never have thought about that before. And then when I started to talk, thinking about his kind of bucky teeth, big head, skinny body, skinny buggy whip arms, and I just started thinking about him eating her pussy like a big thing of corn on the cob. And you like, saw uh, fucking
1: like three feet of head sticking up out of her. Car. Like,
2: stand, like stainless steel chowing down on a whole platter of butter-covered corn on the cob, but it was her. Vagina.
1: Oh God! It's the truth. Uh,
2: I drank too much coffee when I just got up, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> and then uh, I watched Satan's Sword. Um, I heard uh, Jake and uh,
2: is that what you call your penis? Yes.
1: Um, <laughs>
3: uh,
1: I think it was Leather Jacket Buddha on one of their reviews of uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. They mentioned uh, it's a Kenji Masumi duck- directed trilogy. Um. I will say this after watching it. I, I I do appreciate a lot of the visuals of it, but goddamn, if I cannot ever fucking follow an entire samurai movie, not like the trashy ones, I'm good with. Mm-hmm. If there's if there's beheadings and, and aortal sprays and stuff like that, all I'm all for it. As soon as it gets into like backstabbing and all this shit and. I'm just, I just, I it, it goes over my head. I don't know why. Uh, I just kind of lose it. So
2: no, I find that hard to believe. No, yeah, right. Um, you're very snobbish.
1: So uh, yeah, I, I'll have to finish the other two films and see because it's definitely it's definitely made to be three movies because this one ends by just saying end of part one. So so I have to check out the other 2 there They're in it.
2: It would be cool to shave like have all your pubic hair shaved off and then right above your penis have Satan's sword <laughs> tattooed like a cross there, like a banner.
1: Just a big like, like, like Star Wars shaped. Uh, you know when the with the credits roll,
2: mm, yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> like, you know Satan's like pen hand. knife or Satan's you know whatever
1: <laughs> toenail <Satan's laughs> clippers. <screwdriver. laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and that was it for me.
2: Off the rails. You didn't even keep that under control for one second. I
1: don't give a fuck. <clears> I right. know. Let's take a break and come back, and we'll do the silver part of our double feature. Shoot from seventy six. Shoot.
0: Yes, yes. If I had a podcast, I'd podcast in the morning. i podcast in the evening. All over the swamp. I'd talk about Hammer. i talk about Amicus. i talk about Air every kind can wish in between. Especially about Neil dot Amicus.com.
1: was in the movie. <laughs> Is that
2: how a Jaybird sings?
1: Yeah. What happened to Ice Cube, man?
2: He's fat. Well, He's fat to start with.
1: He fucking got... Yeah, fucking, where, are we there yet? TV you show? You know what happened no? to
2: him? Triple X 2. Oh, uh, He's no Xander whatever the fucking... Xander Cage? Was that what his name was? No idea. Man, you never saw Triple X? No. I'll tell you what. No, seriously. Okay. And we're not reviewing Triple X right now, but I'm going to give you a little review. Uh, the only reason to Okay, Triple X is, is just fucking stupid as shit. Mm-hmm. I went to see it with my mom. Uh, <laughs> she goes, I want to go see a movie. I don't care what it is. And I said, Mom, there's nothing playing but this Triple X that hasn't started yet. And she goes, I don't care. Let's go see that. So we're sitting there watching it. Uh, you watch it for one reason is it's fucking s- s- beyond stupid, absurd, but fun, stupid. And and the second reason is Asia Argento Asia. and her dirty, whorish. Uh, man, I'm telling you what, when I first saw her in the movie, and for two <laughs> seconds at the very end, you see her in a bikini and she's got that angel tattoo down by her hot love oven and uh, I was like, "Fuck a duck, man! She's dirty, she stinks, and I want her."
1: <laughs> so that's worth—it's worth seeing just for that, huh? Could I skip yeah, the first she's, one? Yeah, she's
2: she's good in it. Uh, no, 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 not that. That is the first one. Don't oh. see the one with fucking Ice Cube. I just oh. said that one sucked and it killed his career. Mm. Jesus Christ, what the hell? Are you listening to me or what? Really. You know, people that talk like that are always gay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> always.
2: All right. So. Always. <laughs> oh,
1: my. <laughs> 1976's shoot uh, directed by Harvey Hart uh, starring Cliff Robertson, Ernest Borgnine, Henry Silva, and others. Ice Cube. Um, and Ice Cube. Ice Cube might have been like Three. Uh, When boredom, pride, and a mad second of misjudgment leaves a hunter shot dead by one of five combat veterans also hunting in the Canadian Hills, it it, it is expected a police investigation will follow. But when the veterans discover the incident has not been reported, the leader of them, Major Rex (laughs) – poor name – suspects (laughs) the other party of maybe plotting revenge. Convinced that he, his party, and their families will be targets themselves, he decides to beat his suspected assailants at their own game. Grouping together more arm, army comrades and stocking up an arsenal of weapons well, for a just oh, – battle, oh God. and I will I will keep going. So then they go to oh all right. So,
2: <laughs> As you're sitting there, way. I'm like, okay, now let's go on to the peacekeeper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Warren Hawks
2: <laughs> wrote, Wait a minute, who wrote that? I'm sending them a goddamn Fuck it, Warren Hawks Warren
1: Hawks, you are what's wrong with America
2: John Hawks, he's probably named after Warren Oates yeah, he's, he What has, a dumb fuck. He has
1: written plot summaries also for Tianguo Nizi No, that's not a plot summary,
2: hitter. that's the goddamn Fucking movie
1: And he's written one for the 1999 video game Jagged Alliance 2
2: the only thing that he would put in there was what the ultimate conclusion in the last five minutes of the fucking movie was.
1: Spoiler alert. Well, spoiler alert. This is, this, this movie's more about the, uh, the, yeah. the the feel and the performances over anything else. So.
2: Well, let me tell you what I think this movie is about, people. Go for it. Cliff Robertson was a liberal fucking sissy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now and he? he
2: was a big fan of j f k and he was a big lefty, and he liked to make movies like this and i 'm not lying either because he played j f k and p t one o nine and actually, I think he met him too and so anyway, uh I like Cliff Robertson, uh, Mr. Frost thinks he is not that great, but i don 't have a problem with Cliff Robertson, so we i uh, i uh kind he died of this year or last year yeah 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 he had a, he had a magnificent comb over um <laughs> Coonskin cap, kind of like Brian Keith, and uh, <laughs> and some other Blackjack Lanza. Um, okay, but now let's let's get into this review. That's what I'm here for. This is what I get paid for. Okay, now first of all. Fucking Canadians. Okay, let me tell you something, Canadians. You talk about us down here in the States, <laughs> the greatest country in the fucking planet. And here you go out acting like this in the woods. You do not act like this. Haven't you ever heard of gun safety, Canadians? It's not all about, you know, fucking killing people. Fucking savages. Savages. That, well, you know, eh, there you go. It's like the Wild West up there. It's a wilderness. But anyway, um, th- there are... Uh, from my point of view, being a liberal sissy communist uh, <laughs> Pinko myself, you know, I used to actually, you know, sit beside Cliff Robertson at the at the uh, National Communist Pinko Homo the, the, uh, the Annual Meeting. Uh, the meetings, yes. And um, bet- between Chris Christofferson, Cliff Robertson, and uh, George Clooney was there, but he was just a little kid at the time. Uh, <laughs> and, hey, kid, go give me some drinks. Okay. Okay, Mr. Zom. Um, Anyway, and I pat him on the head and
1: kick him in the ass, and then I raped him. Uh, I was going to say, then you fondled him, but you took it a step oh, yeah. farther.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did. You know, a little <laughs> shit ass, literally. Uh, <laughs> I'm not down with female or female rape. Uh,
1: <laughs> anyway, um, holy shit! This just in: the Dorito taco has a cardboard sleeve as to not get nacho cheese uh, dust on your fingers.
2: Yeah yeah, 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 Is it out yet? Clay What's
1: Young the, has posted an image of said cardboard sleeve on the group.
2: What's the clock say? Is it? It's out.
1: It's out now. He has one in yeah. his possession.
2: Oh shit! Do you want? Do you want to pause? I'll be right back. No. Okay. <laughs> God damn it! That would have been so cool if you could. If we, if both of us could have ate one on the air, <laughs> thrown up. Which I basically ate other shit. But anyway. Okay. God damn it! <laughs> Shoot. One twenty-five p.m. Come on. <laughs>
1: Shoot! got to have 19, time to stop and get one before work. Jesus Christ. Did <laughs> you read the synopsis? All right, so you got these guys.
2: <laughs> this movie came out in May 28th, and I think that was strategically planned. Oh, yeah. uh, I didn't know that this movie was uh, actually in the theater. I thought it was uh, – to, to be honest with you, God, I kept thinking it was like a made-for-TV movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe I they, saw it on a TV. Lot of, right? There's a lot of so. profanity in it.
2: Yeah, there is. There is. That's true, uh, um, and, a, and
1: a very funny uh, uh, monologue by a lady that doesn't wear underwear.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the, now, the, the, but I think that, like I said, I, I do actually. I mean, Cliff Robertson was, you know, uh, pretty, uh, you know, to the left as far as. Uh, Uh, politics goes and this movie definitely to me uh, the way I took it I mean it definitely has a uh, it's a little heavy handed you know macho gun thing Um,
1: but to the point of ridiculousness
2: right um Put it this way: Right at the very beginning of the movie, and you know this isn't giving anything away or anything. You see, uh, you know Cliff Robertson shirtless, get up with his goddamn skin tight ass <laughs> tan jeans on, and he goes into this room. He's he is a gun fetishist, this, guy,
1: this guy might be a legit psychopath.
2: Yeah, uh, that's one thing that some people. I I I don't think that they understand. Like I had posted on Palaver one time about hunting and about guns and stuff, and everybody's like, "Well, I'm guns." And I'm like, you know, okay, I have guns too. Uh, I grew up. Well, I don't. I I don't hunt anymore, but I I was brought up to hunt, and uh, you know, so I still have some of those guns, and I have some, you know, a couple. You know, uh, let's see, I don't even want to say how many Um, uh, pistols, Uh, but. Rocket
1: launcher. Um, you have a tank underneath. But the some people
2: net. take it when when you. And Cliff Roberts is is the epitome of this, uh when he's strapping and, and like you said, heavy handed, you know, with symbolism and everything. He's strapping on his holster and it's like right by his cock and the <laughs> camera's like in fucking right on his crotch while he's putting on his gun and yeah, when he, just,
1: he, he gets up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and looks in the mirror, straps on a pistol while shirtless, and then he yeah. cleans a rifle while he's totally oh, he like, cleans a, rifle like, it like he's a big cock. fucking
2: Jacking off, yes.
1: He's surrounded by like photos of military, like military photos of like you know tanks and shit, and yeah. Dwight Eisenhower's on the wall.
2: Huge pictures of of <laughs> like guns, and um, I mean, this guy is um, fucking white trash. I mean, he's not white trash because he's not like a big redneck, yeah. which most people, when you say white trash, would think redneckism. But he is still <laughs> just a fucking. I don't know how to put it. He, he's he just he, he is Mr. America, Ronald Reagan, flag waving patriot. Blah 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 blah. He's he's close to uh, uh, was it was it Captain Freedom?
1: Yeah, Mr. The, Freedom.
2: Mr. Freedom. Yeah. He's 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 about uh, this far, and you can't see how far my my fingers are apart right now, but they're not very far apart. <laughs> he, he he's this far from from putting on his uh, red, white, and blue shoulder pads, codpiece, and helmet, and going out and fighting crime. But, uh, yeah, and, and, um, I would imagine that if he made love to his woman the way he makes love to his guns when he's cleaning them, uh, she would be fucking, <laughs> she'd be a happy enthralled. lady. But now he, it, I will say this about their hunting skills. They leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> and I was suspect of, of how many of them, uh, of the actors, unless they told him to act that way, um, how many of them actually had ever been hunting because first of all, they're like, there's nothing out here to shoot. There's nothing out here to shoot. And I was like, well, there's six of you or five or six of you. And you're, you're stomping around and talking as loud as you can the entire time walking through the woods. Yeah. Guess what? (laughs) Asshole. Every, Every goddamn animal on the planet is, you know, knows you're there and takes off. Um, But uh, seeing even how some like Henry Silva and some of them, they have (laughs) deer rifles. And, um, you know, I I would say this when you watch like the movie Sniper or one of those movies and they say one shot, one kill. um, If I shot the way that some of these guys shot uh, or the way they held their gun when they did shoot, um, I've never seen somebody shoot like a 30 out six deer rifle from the hip. But Henry Silva is good enough that when he does, he can hit you probably about 200 yards away, right between the eyes, from the hip. Uh, and I'm like, what? The-? Okay. But um,
1: It's got to be said, Henry Silva's first line of the movie is, hey, faggot, you take the whole bet or nothing at all.
2: <laughs> he's, he's pretty wonderful in this in his way, uh, which um, – he also, I don't know, man, I'm telling you what, I don't know if that's a a, a rug that he wears, but his hair never fucking moves. And it is also, um, I can, the only thing I can explain it is if they took a, a, a Davy Crockett coonskin cap, <laughs> put it on top of his head and spray painted it black. And then he's got that goddamn stone face that looks like it's been chiseled out of granite, which hardly moves. Uh, and uh, also on top of that, Henry Silva in this movie is a barber. Um, most of these guys are just every- that's why he
1: was wearing that ugly ass shirt yeah, <laughs> <laughs> why was it yellow though? I've never seen a bar with a yellow shirt.
2: Well, I never seen when Cliff Robertson walked into his fucking office building, and and the the uh, the secretary was sitting in a room that the walls were painted purple and the carpet was purple, and I don't even I think her desk may have even been purple. So this was uh this was back in the day when um you know fashion and color schemes and everything were a little bit different from the uh, earth tones <laughs> that we share today. Um, but most of the guys in his little clique uh are all kind of simpatico they're all they're all in the um in like the military in the actual reserves and uh you know the, uh, now for the most part if this movie was made today i think they would have went out of their way to make them more just like weekend warriors that talked a lot of shit, but had never like, you know, Dick Cheney, Donald Mm Rumsfeld, Rush Limbaugh, uh, and all the guys on the right that never fucking served their country, but, you know, rattled the sabers and talk macho. Uh, but they, all these guys are supposedly actually, you know, combat veterans from like Korea or world war two or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, but all of them have, like I said, Silva's a, a barber, Cliff Robertson owns a, um, Appliance and furniture store, which is pretty nice. it was huge uh, <laughs> It was really nice um, and um, he is still kind of their de facto like leader, even in social situations, but you know he he in the reserves he is like their captain or whatever colonel uh, and um, they go. I guess it's kind of like an, uh, uh, an annual thing or whatever. Like a lot of guys, they go out on their, on their, uh, hunting trip and, um, you know, like I said, they're kind of out there, uh, just fucking, I I don't know what they, whoever taught them to hunt, but I mean, it was pretty ridiculous. Uh, but they seem to, and it always makes you think, I used to think this when I would be in the woods, um, You know, when somebody comes along, especially if you've watched Deliverance one too many times or something like that. But the the one thing that keeps that fear away is the fact that you're fucking armed. You know, so if anybody did do anything, you can just you know, it's like, okay, I'll just blow your fucking head off, Um, and then bury you in a shallow grave in the woods, um, cover you with lie. Um, Anyway, um, they. They just they're on one side of this little stream, like a little it's not even a river, I don't think it well maybe it was, but it was kinda like a little stream. Um, wide enough that you couldn't like just forge and walk across. But um uh, and then all of a sudden these other guys just come walking through the woods on the other side of this uh little riverbed or whatever. And there's just this moment of where they're like, you know, hey, there's some guys over there. And then it just gets real quiet and the other guys just stand there. And then they just – and there's this tension. Well, for some – and you don't know why. I mean they never explain why other than probably the douchebags on the other side were kind of the exact same way except that maybe even had one a little bit further. I don't know. But they're – all of a sudden, people start shooting. And then I thought right off the bat, when I saw the poster and everything, I thought this was going to be one of these um, like uh, – what was the movie called? The 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 uh, oh shit the 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 world's greatest oh god I can't remember what it was called about like uh it's basically the 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 guy hunting humans oh uh, that, uh, most dangerous game most dangerous game yeah I, or the one with uh, Rutger Hauer and Ice T yeah. Uh but but I thought it was kind of going to be like that and then even when I watched it from the beginning. I kind of thought up until this to, to, to this point when that happened I thought okay this is what's going to happen and guys are going to be like you know hunting each other and it's going to be but it totally goes away from that it totally switches gears and kind of gets into a an almost um I don't know if I would say like a, kind of like a paranoid um you just see you just see some of the guys kind of just trying to go back to their lives and some of them kind of um, really it affecting them like you know what's what's going on what's going on and then Robertson who is basically like you said almost I mean he's very close to being a goddamn psychopath because the way he is with the guns and everything he's never done anything I don't know maybe in the war or something like that maybe he was just fucked up from the war or something but he is kind of the ringleader and in some ways you wonder while watching this movie if without him it would have came to its inevitable conclusion in the way it did because in i think that you might look at him and say okay he's being a realist he's the only smart one of the bunch that's saying okay you know cuz he thinks like them but also you wonder if because he is the way he is if he doesn't almost cause the stuff to happen yeah. with his friends getting them into stuff and or with these other people because he's almost like stalking and trying to find out shit right. which somebody pulls up and is like who the fuck's that? you know and then they're like they it it just is um uh like a self fulfilling prophecy just because of him but but um I lo- there there's so many there's lots of different scenes in this. This to me, it's not like a great movie, no. but it does have a message, and like you said, it's kinda heavy handed, but still it does have a message. Um that I think, you know, with uh the gun fetishism, you know, macho fucking faux macho bullshit, uh Silva, uh <laughs> just he he every once in a while comes out with uh uh, the one, the, uh, one guy gets injured and they have to find a, um, a pseudo doctor because they don't want to go to the hospital, uh, due to, you know, anything that has to do with a gunshot has to be reported to police or whatever. So they, they find a guy who's like a vet that I don't know if that guy was, was he friends with them? Yeah, Can't remember. It must have been. And he, he goes to give some, and, and one thing when I was watching this, uh, I'm not like, uh, I've never been like afraid of needles, that's why I shoot smack straight into the vein. Um, but when I see people in the movies and they just—you would think that the goddamn J- or, uh, uh, leather face with a chainsaw was coming at him, and here's like somebody with a needle. And this guy's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, wait a minute, let me get one more drink of beer." And then he like watched, "Oh my god, oh my god." I'm like, "Fuck, dude, man up." Anyway, but so the, the guy is a veterinarian, and Silva looks at the guy and says. You know, the last time that needle was used, it was in a horse's ass. (laughs) And the way he delivers his lines is just so fucking, I, I don't know. That guy, I swear to God, if... We found out like ten years from now they had a picture of Henry Silva that looked like Yul Brenner from Westworld, where they took his face off and he was a robot. <laughs> I don't even think I think a robot would be better. You know, they would program it better than that. Uh, he's very robotic. Um, <laughs> so it's in a horse's ass. He does drop
1: uh, the he does drop motherfucker a few times and it yeah, sound, yeah, it totally fucker. gives me a uh, a uh, oh, what's the name of that movie with the pig's carcass. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, Barbara Boucher. Shine my
1: shoes, motherfucker, motherfucker.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the crime of prostitute. Anyway, <laughs> um, the uh, uh, Silva also. I mean, it's like all the shit that happens where you have Ernest Borgnine is kind of the conscience of the group. Uh, Robertson is the, the, like I said, the leader, the macho charisma, John Wayne guy. Mm-hmm. Silva is just. Talk about a fucking psychopath! He <laughs> fucking he blows some guy's brains out, and he's like, "That was a hell of a shot,
1: right between yeah. the eyes."
2: I got him right between the eyes, uh, and he doesn't even think anything of it. He's just like goes back to cutting hair in his goddamn uh, canary yellow fucking uh, <laughs> so jumpsuit scooter, or whatever that lays on. Uh. And they do have the uh, the uh, toboggan. Uh, Ernest Borgnine and several other people wear a toboggan. Yeah, out in the, uh, out in the cold. Yeah, whatever. Uh, did you have you ever called it a toque in your
1: life? uh Not. I mean, if I, what not, did you guys I'm thinking them? about it first. We call it. You don't even wear one down too. there.
2: It's fucking eighty degrees. <laughs> I.
1: It is legit. It is literally still winter, and I just took the dog out in my in bare feet and a t shirt. Nice. No pants. And no pants. The Dude. neighbors really hate that. Ah, fuck then
2: Anyway, um, Borgnine is like the—he's uh, the one that, that's kind of like, you know, what are we doing here with this big gap teeth? And you know, he—he he always, every time I see him, I either think of the Wild Bunch or him as the devil in the Devil's Reign. And um, that the, every everybody but Borgnine, Robertson, and to, for the most part Silva, most of the other guys are just on the periphery.
1: I mean, they're just—they're just, they're just yeah, kind of yeah. there. What was the one that Borgnine won the Oscar for? Was nominated?
2: It was just a good uh, uh, Marty. Movie. Marty. No, he yeah. won. Yeah, I mean, he
1: won. I always think I I always think of Marty with him.
2: Yeah, good movie. Just, I like yeah. just a simple kind of a nice guy movie. You know, uh, you know, produced by but Lancaster, Lancaster, and heck, um, but. Um, you have uh, quite. A, the, I think one of the reasons that Loaf picked this movie was that he had intuition. He can smell out, like uh, you know, how a dog <laughs> can smell out a uh, scent. He can smell out racism in a movie, like like a hound. Uh, and uh, I posted uh, on our on our group. Um, you know, the, the word jig. Is used and, and just this one scene. I think the word jig is used probably about 10 times.
1: She really doesn't like hippies and jigs, does she? She
2: doesn't like jigs <laughs> and uh, yeah. And and this woman, you know, Cliff is one of these guys that uh, is in the movie, of course. And there's probably guys like this in real life because I know there's women like this that are attracted to fucking idiots like him. Uh, <laughs> They just wet their pants just because how he is, even though he's a fucking total, probably a total dick and an asshole. He's just so whatever that they're just like uh, wanting to sit on his face as soon as they see him. You know, and the one girl gives his finger fucking head. You know, it's one of his best friend's wives and she – she gets down on her knees and like rests her head on in his office and he he just sits there he's so he's so macho he doesn't even move he's just like you know and and she starts like sucking his finger like giving it a blow job, oh, yeah. Which was kind of awesome to tell you the truth, <laughs> and I wish I would have been Gri Robertson right there, you know and uh, but but he comes across this uh this one lady, this older lady well I don't know if she how much older she do you think she was than him I don't think she was
1: i think I think she was uh right around his age because Ooh. i mean they you know he he, he definitely was gray and I, yeah. mean, I think they were probably both like late forties early fifties,
2: but she was drunk, grieving, drunk, and i mean. I was going to say throwing herself at him, but all she—the only thing she didn't do—was pull her lips apart and fucking mount his <laughs> his mouth. Uh, I mean, and she—he didn't even—they never even met before. <laughs> she what was would awesome. Hey, if I told you that I didn't have in, any panties on, <laughs> She's he's like, like, I was
1: sitting on my bed, stock naked. I've already had three scotches. I switched to Sherry for your benefits. <laughs>
2: yeah. And he's like, he's like almost, she's, I don't know how she felt. Cause I know she was drunk, but it was, his reaction was almost like, okay, he was, he was just kind of, um, no reaction at all. But in my mind, when I saw her, I was thinking he's probably like, uh, ready to vomit in his mouth. She wasn't that bad because I'll be honest with you. If I was in the same situation that he was right there, even though she wasn't super attractive, I would have fucked her. <laughs> Because
1: sometimes that lady, she's fucking just tra- like trashed, and that would have been. Fu- I mean, god, but he's he's <laughs> but this, he's one of
2: these guys. Like I said, he can just pretty much. He's got them dripping all over him. His his wife won't even leave him, even though he's like, do whatever you want, you know. And she's like, oh my god, you know, because they're just so attracted to his virility and all this oh my bullshit. God, I
1: fucking, I thought when his wife says to him, I thought it was that time of month for your friend. Oh, god. Yikes. <laughs> E. Oh, Wow, wacky! That's not attractive at all. By the yeah, way, if the is no. like that, like like uh, down on herself, where you, you just like, where a guy will just shit all over her, and she's just like, I just I thought it was that time of month for your friend. Ugh.
2: Yeah, he's just. She, I mean, when when you're that desperate. I don't know. It's, it's nice to have people like that around when you're horny, but for the most (laughs) part, they're annoying when they're so annoying that you don't even want to fuck them. And they're throwing themselves at you. eh. But I don't, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think Cliff Robertson in this movie would be the kind of guy that only that he would like, fuck, um, a woman just almost like to prove his manhood. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I'll give it to you, bitch or something like that. Uh, but like almost like a Rick Santorum kind of a deal, maybe, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. But but I don't. I just don't think that he. I think that he's more. I think he's secretly, latently homosexual, because I think that he would rather be with his friend with his. His buddies all the time. It's almost like uh, Maximilian Shell and Cross of Iron. You prefer the company of men to women in all, any and all occasions. You know, um, I don't even
1: know. I don't even know if he was actually cheating on his wife.
2: No, I don't think he was. I mean, I she think,
1: just assumed he was because he was no, gone. All he the time. was cheating on his wife with his guns <laughs> yeah. and his friends. right in the next room.
2: Yeah, I mean, if if he, you know, he'd be the kind of guy that would be like, "I'm not no fucking faggot," but you know, <laughs> deep down, I mean, you know, when you when you analyze the situation, he all he cares about is macho male stuff and being with his buddies and doing that kind of, you know, they're yeah. they're masturbating each other without touching each other, you know, marching, so, you marching
1: know. in formation and yeah, uh,
2: and he's like the he is like the the dom. You know, and, and they're subservient and submissive, and they're like, well, hey, Major, oh, you know, I was like, God damn, dude, just go set yourself free, smoke a doobie, and fucking suck some cock because <laughs> you need help. <laughs> you have been brainwashed since you were a little kid. This John Wayne bullshit is bullshit. You know, but he was into it. But anyway, okay, see, we're getting off the beaten path. But uh, you know, it's kind of hard. Like I said, the synopsis that the guy wrote kind of tells a lot of what what happens. But there, there, it's um, it does lead to almost a kind of a southern the movie Southern Comfort with Powers Booth and um, Keith Carradine, sort of like one of those deals. But it's it almost gets to the point of being almost to a a point of ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. But as I say that, I think back to, uh, say like around 1996 when all these fucking right wing militias were all over the place out in the woods and there'd be like 50 of them or 10 of them or, you know, 20 or whatever. And they all had, uh, you know, automatic weapons, AK 47s and shit dressed in camouflage out there acting like a bunch of fucking goofballs running around playing army. Yeah. Basically, with real guns, so it's not beyond and you know Timothy McVeigh and those jackoffs blowing up the fucking Murrah building and shit like that so it's it when you think about it, it seems absurd, but if you know two two of these kind of groups kind of were thrown together i don't know yeah, I mean the Robertson's yeah. group wasn't exactly that that's that's kind of what I thought about the other group that that's probably maybe what they were, yeah. And now were or, they
1: like National Guard or something? Is that why they still would like march in formation?
2: Yeah, Robertson was. Well, it's either national. Yeah, National Guard reserves or whatever. Yeah. Um, but at first, I guess you know you could have thought that um, maybe Robertson and his group maybe stumbled upon like uh, I don't know, maybe like a drug thing uh you know yeah. like if it was a meth lab or something like that but i like uh, that
1: about the film that we only see it's you know it's it's a limited pr- point of view we only right. see the guys that we that we in, are introduced with at the beginning we don't ever yeah know what's going on on the other side
2: but i think i think almost it was almost like they ran into a they ran into a mirror Mm-hmm. uh and and or the the other guys maybe were a little bit more extreme like i said like almost like a militia kind of a thing because when you see the, the the you know the military precision that that you know comes to fold i don't think it would be like uh and 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 how many there were i think it was more like a militia thing than a drug drug thing right, right. But, and not only that, but it was wintertime, so you know it wasn't weed, <laughs> you know, out there, out there in the woods and meth wasn't around. Well, yeah, it was, but I mean, not to the scale it is now. So it's hard to tell, but they leave it all up to your own conclusion. I, I had a problem with something that happened at the end where, um, at the very end, where someone was uh, actually talking and you're like okay now why would one person still be able to talk uh, you know what i'm saying do you know what part i'm talking about with robertson maybe oh like uh, every every single person in his group something yeah, happens yeah, yeah, to them yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. why would if if you were going to do whatever for whatever reason why All would right. you leave somebody you know yeah but but anyway I don't want to go. I don't want to go any further than that. But yeah. I, you do know what I'm talking uh-huh, about. Right? Uh-huh. Okay. good, good, good. Going, going. Uh, but anyway, this movie is definitely uh, it's worth a watch, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not uh, available other than by VHS other means
1: or other means. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, uh, VHS maybe, and I don't know how much you know it costs. But um, I had never heard of it, so um, I'm glad I watched it. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't think it's uh, like the greatest goddamn movie in the world, but uh, and and Silva is. Um, He's he's not like in it constantly, right? But it's he has some prime choice things, and like I said, although um, I have to, because of course we have to address all racism because we're totally against it. But we we're going to use funny things to point it out. And well, you like,
1: can you can buy the VHS tape on Amazon for only seventy three dollars. So.
2: There you go. It's a classic. See, it's a classic. Uh, when uh, they say, well, what about the uh, what about the when we're getting guys together, what about the security guy from your store? <laughs> isn't he a nigga? Does he say the N word? Uh, I think Does he, he s- uses jig again. Oh, Jay, isn't he a jig? You know, I mean, it's like, what the fuck was up with the jigs back then, man? It was Canadian, My grandma it? and grandpa and all of them used to use that all the time <laughs> jig boo and jig. And uh, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a it's a time capsule. And but you know, they're they're doing it to make a point. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah. Um, no, lefty. Yeah, the, yeah, it was weird seeing Silva be happy and joke around. Um, yeah, doesn't, that doesn't last the whole movie. But it's definitely. He seemed the beginning. like
2: he's having a good time with all this <laughs> he
1: stuff. Was, he thought it was real.
2: <laughs> Nothing bothers me at all. Um, the and you What's funny is it, it's like it's like he's sitting there stone faced. He could be totally stone-faced, and he'd be the guy in the movie where they'd be like, can't you tell that Henry's this? He's laughing his ass off? And he's like, laughing my ass off. This is hilarious. Motherfucker.
1: Motherfucker. <laughs> Clean my shoe. <laughs> um, the shootout in uh-huh. it is pretty intense. I thought it was uh I thought there were there was some good gunfire kind of shit. and um.
2: <laughs> I didn't know. I, I'll tell you what. Those fuckers fooled me, too. They would have got my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay. I thought the point was going to be – I thought I, – I'll tell you. I thought Robertson was just going to – like the one guy was uh, kind of saying, there's nobody here. There's nobody here. I thought that Robertson was just going to like go and, and fucking flip out or whatever. Mm-hmm, and start, mm-hmm. But, man, when the shit – happened i was like whoa you know didn't (laughs) expect that
1: yeah the um there there are some when we mentioned silver shirt there's some definite uh prime uh, fashion going on in this one i don't know what when they're having a meeting about what they're ultimately going to do Fucking, oh i don't God. know why cliff robertson is wearing the most ridiculous like incognito <laughs> outfit ever with these stupid television sized sunglasses and this is ugly that, like brown and blue patched shirt and
2: that oh. tweed fucking like uh <laughs> almost like elry queen slash sherlock holmes kind of hat and oh. was he smoking a, somebody was smoking a somebody pipe somebody was
1: smoking a pipe in there too at some point yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so um
2: that was so funny, and 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 that I think you posted the picture where he has that outfit on and he's standing right in front of this big American flag that's taking up the whole background. Yep, yep. What a guy.
1: Yeah, I was uh, watching it on my iPad. So. Ow. Yeah, it
2: the, did play really really well on the iPad. Yep. Yeah. A little, not like the the fucking gorilla, whatever.
1: Yeah, fucking girl boss gorilla. Yeah. Girl boss
2: gorilla. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's some act- there's some good shots in here. The you know the action that you know there's not a ton. Like I said, this is more of a film more of a film where you're kind of like building up tension and seeing these guys just like lose their shit. And Borgnine is like the the one guy, and, and I'm sure this is I can't think of off the top of my head, but there's usually a guy that is trying to keep his friends kind of level headed. And uh,
2: always listen to that guy.
1: People. Yeah, yeah. If you're in fucking movie world,
2: <laughs> what they what the one guy called Borg 9 when he showed up, and he was like, "There's uh, oh. ch- like chicken shit. Hey, old chicken shits here. Hey, chicken <laughs> shit showed up. Old chicken shit. Yeah, you should have listened, to old chicken shit. You yeah. Stupid fucking chagoffs. <laughs> fucking rednecks. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, yeah, there, you know, there's, there's a, rednecks everywhere, even in Canada.
1: There's a really, there's a really cool shot when Borgnine's kind of like lecturing them at one point. There's a really cool shot, like kind of panning through back and forth through the guys, like standing in a line. I thought that was kinda of neat too. So um and uh <laughs> I did write this note. I said while he's in while he's uh polishing his gun near the beginning of the movie, uh I said, all the while his wife drinks alone in the kitchen, I'm having childhood flashbacks. Um so I yeah, this is uh <laughs> Did
2: you get? Did you fucker?
1: Well, gun we, Why fuck not? Are you a faggot? Are you a faggot? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Inside info. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs>
1: so yeah, that's 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 about it for my news too. I mean, we we covered about everything, so uh, we can get into our scores here. Oh, I'll set
2: my cue. What? I thought this was um a little bit above average uh I'm tempted to go I was gonna say five point five and then a six but I'd say five point seven five and and I say it's a i say that it's a it to me it's weird we always I always have to i always feel like I'm fucking clarifying my thing I'm not saying that this isn't any good yeah, I'm yeah. saying that this is worth a watch what and, did you rate and it? I got like a Uh, Let's say a six. Okay. But I mean, it's just kind of, um, it's just not great, but it's good. Yeah. And it's, it's worth a watch. I don't know other than the, the Henry Silva factor and well, there, there's stuff in it. That's funny. That's not supposed to be funny that I would watch it again for that. But that's (laughs) the only
1: reason, you know, um, I, I give it, um, and actually, I it's gone down a little bit, but uh, after talking about it, you know, it's – like I, like we said, it's heavy-handed at times. I mean it's, it, it ends up being an obvious like, like you know, not, be careful with guns, you crazy people. You know, like this could happen to you kind of message to the whole movie, but, um, yeah. you know. I think it, you know, probably works for Pinkos like. I don't this.
2: think the NRA would like this movie. No,
1: no, no, no. Or if they did, it would be for the wrong reasons. So I'm like, ah, look, the shit's blowing up. It's looking
2: um, great, man.
1: Uh, I give it a seven out of ten. Um, I think I'm a curious solid. as to what this word means. And go ahead and talk because I'm looking it up. Okay. The. Uh, um, I, I would watch this again, honestly. I mean, in the future. Uh, it, like I said, it's don't fucking bait seventy five dollars for the VHS. It's not worth that. S- Silva I wish was he was in it more. It's really more of a Cliff Robertson performance. Um and he's he's really good. Um this is uh it's worth tracking down. Um if anybody needs it, just let us know. And no. uh, what? we'll see we'll see what we No the direction.
2: The reason I'm looking, this, it says uh, the movie is also known as Ampuka exclamation point, Ampuka exclamation point, Ampuka exclamation point. Don't know what and that I is. was wondering what Ampuka, oh, it's it's Finnish, or it's Finland. Uh, so I wonder what that means. I have to go to Google Translate.
1: We'll come back after the break and talk about that then. Um, yeah. So yeah, a yes. six and a seven, solid film. Chickadoot and uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and do the gold fucking Dolph Lundgren baby the peacekeeper from 97 we'll be right back
3: okay but my
0: bones is. when I come home after a hard day's work there's nothing better than listening to outside the cinema I like to draw a bubble bath and get in there and play with the bubbles and sometimes I fart in the tub and some of the bubbles come up, and I'll scoop a bubble up in my hand, and I'll pop it and smell my own fart. I like to smell my asshole. Coming out his asshole. I used to
1: That every time we come back uh, break, I always say, yeah, alright. All right. All right. Back from break. You just said it again. I know. I'm I'm stupid. What can I do? The uh I can guess I could stop saying it. Our next film is uh Dolph Lundgren. Why,
2: Bob? I
1: don't he looks different on the cover of this than he actually does in the movie. Like his hair is no. like a different color or something.
2: Well, I think it's because that that um the the um this the picture on the cover probably isn't even from this movie. It's probably from like another g- generic uh, Dolph movie.
1: <laughs> they probably they probably just like got Dolph like every five years or so. They just they just get them take random like uh, somebody does a photo shoot with them wearing all kinds of outfits and stuff. I'm like, oh, we could probably yeah, use this just- for a movie in the future. Here's one of them dressed like a clown. <laughs> I want to see that movie. All right, so the yeah. Peacekeeper from 1997, Zama. I'll let you uh, introduce it here. Oh, shit! Ah, I I was, caught you with
2: your pants a down. Picture. I was looking at the whole Hogan Burke Hogan picture. Okay, <laughs> uh, speaking of having my pants down, when a terrorist group steals the U.S. president's personal communications computer for launching the U.S. arsenal in case of war, <laughs> only a heroic major has the key to prevent a presidential assassination or
1: nuclear holocaust. Now oh, this is a. Uh this is directed by Frederick Forstier. Fred.
2: Yeah, when you when when I when
1: I uh, on the
2: box I think it says Frederick Forrester.
1: Let me this guy can't on here fit it says any more accents in his fucking name. He needs an accent. Fred, Fred- Forrester. Yeah. Forst- yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, so this is his only American movie it appears. <laughs> um <laughs> Why is that so funny? To I don't know. This is like as, as I said earlier, stars uh Dolph Lundgren, uh Michael Sarazin, oh, fucking Montel Williams. Now Why? was he in a lot of movies? Really? I mean they c could... he was on a he was on a lot of TV shows and,
2: and uh he uh, supposedly and maybe this is true, he was actually in like uh naval intelligence you know, before he uh-huh. became like a talk show guy or something like that. So I think because of that and, you know, he would talk about that, you know, it'll probably come out someday. Like Brian he used to say that he was in Vietnam and he was in the army, but during Vietnam he was like in Germany and he always uh-huh. talked about how, you know, I was in the Nam and everything. And then there's a group that outs like uh people that claim uh-huh. that they were Vietnam vets. Right. Because when Stallone and all that shit was coming out, um, uh, Rambo, and it was cool to be a Vietnam vet. A lot of people said, "Yeah, I was in the Nam," you know, and they weren't, which is pretty fucking pathetic. So Brian Dennehy, every time I see him in a movie now, I kind of, I just, I don't really like him that much. But Montel, I think that because it was during kind of like a lot of Reagan shit and patriotic stuff, he would, you know, I was in a naval intelligence, and they're like, "Oh, well, then you must be able to act. You can play a naval intelligence officer." Guess what? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> so well, we kind ca- we kind of get another uh, another liberal slant to a movie. I think in this one, so uh, kind of an anti nuclear thing. It, it was hard to tell exactly when this was supposed to take place. I assume present day, late late nineties. Yeah. Um but there was a guy a higher up that Dolph get kind of gets chastised by early in the movie that has a a photo of Reagan on the wall. Now Bush wasn't even in office at this point, so. Don't know why yeah. he still had Reagan's pic- uh, f- uh, photograph.
2: Because he's the goddamn wet dream of every fucking <laughs> goddamn <laughs> fucking douchebag Republican.
1: Oh yeah, Ronald Reagan. We oh, 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 oh. can, can just read a little bit about the guy, okay? Um, yeah.
2: yeah, try and yeah, fucking read, you dumb fuck.
1: <laughs> Um So yeah, Dolph plays major, Sorry, major Frank Cross, and he's kind of a, uh, as you would expect, right. kind of a roguish. Uh, high up in Swedish. the uh in the uh Air Force oddly yeah. enough he's not He's a rogue. Yeah, so he kind of does whatever he wants and he's constantly getting um in trouble for it. So this he kind of I don't what was it he was even doing at the beginning? He's he, dr- he was for?
2: dropping off food in like fucking the Sudan or something okay. like that or so some gets, starving yeah, country. He
1: gets in trouble for helping poor people.
2: But he does it with a wink. Uh, he, he's one of the okay. I wonder how much he'd be winking when they put him in the fucking stockade. But I think the reason why he, he got he he probably is like Oliver North. He probably would call the press right before he would do it so that they wouldn't be able to put him you know court martial him because they'd be like he's an American hero and you're court marshalling him because he always has like a you know grin on his face like oh come on sir or general you know i'm a rogue i can't help myself <laughs> talking about
1: talking about being uh you know liberal slant or reagan or reagan or whatever in that movie petrified forest that i watched watched sorry the um the guy that owned the uh the gas station slash diner had a sign on the wall that said tipping is un-american keep your change <laughs> So, <laughs> so he was very gung-ho about uh about uh America and being uh you know self sufficient and all that all that stuff. So it kinda fits in with the with especially the shoot I think. So and and uh with uh Starship Troopers. Um Da da da. So uh the Dolph is already looking really fucking cool. Like I'll tell you what he does well is wear shades Mm-hmm. and glisten like they spray his face down so he kind of like because he's got this chin that looks like it's fucking carved out of granite mm-hmm. and when when they make it shiny just like hulk hogan oils up to make his muscles look big oh they, yeah they oil up dolph's chin to really make it look like prominent it's pretty awesome so. yeah you just want to sit right on his face <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway he uh he gets in trouble for being liberal and uh uh, (laughs) His punishment is instead of getting court-martialed, the president needs a new sucker to carry around this black bag that – he needs somebody apparently badass. Are we talking about Obama? Yes.
2: (laughs) Oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those crickets are laughing right now. (laughs) That was pretty funny. Um, (laughs) Black bag. They um (laughs) – They, the president needs a new guy to carry around his, sorry, black suitcase that has the, the button that can start the next nuclear war in it. And uh, that's going to be Frank Cross's, a.k.a. Frank. Dolph Lundgren's. It's a generic
2: uh, fucking action star name.
1: Frank Cross. Frank Cross. Um, this is Cross. Is weapon. So um, they – I'm just looking to see who wrote this. There's like four people that wrote it. It's always a sign. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's a... Uh, re- three people rewrote it. <laughs> and
2: they were smoking a, a fucking uh, goddamn blunt <laughs> while they were doing it. Now, see, I didn't say doobie that time, but well, I'm still behind the times. I kind of
1: I kind of wonder how many... Uh, <laughs> blunt. It's 1993. J. J. You're moving in the right direction. <laughs> so, Stuart Harding, screenplay. Robert Joffrin, rewrite uncredited Dan Mervish rewrite uncredited Kevin Bernhardt rewrite uncredited
2: I figured there was like all four of them were sitting around a room just fucking smoking like here's what we'll do Here, okay okay now we'll put them on and the silver suit. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. How funny was that fucking silver
2: suit? <laughs> of a guy that's got a ponytail and a, and a fucking weird-looking goatee. Oh,
1: fuck that guy. Even no. though he had a cool mustache, everything work, else sucked. Work with um, a guy that
2: looks just like him.
1: I keep looking down at my shoot notes, and I see he's really given that rifle a good rubdown. I've looked at that note like six times.
2: Oh, we're talking about Cliff Robertson again, right? <laughs>
1: um, talking about this movie? now. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, so so Dolph has to go and carry the president's briefcase with the nuclear button in it, and uh, there's a terrorist group that starts plotting to get this suitcase, and uh, so Dolph has the you know he's always full of one-liners in his movie. We need to do that one where he's like like uh, we need to review that movie where he's trying to stop that alien from getting like human adrenaline.
2: Rest in peace. Yes, Rest The movie rules. Pieces. All
1: right, so um, so he has the one-liner like. Uh, first fucking day, like eight times in the movie. So because this is yeah. his first day of yeah. work, and all that. That's
2: almost happened. like the "I'm too old for this shit" <laughs> yeah. thing that they say.
1: Yeah, yeah. So now there's a there's a spree here when they start trying to get the briefcase from him, and eventually do the spoiler alert. I guess <gasps> the uh, <laughs> that happens pretty early, but you you start to see another uh trending theme in the movie uh, that Frank Cross is apparently immortal or something um now he is not only shot with the most powerful silenced pistols i've ever seen that sent him flying across the room this guy falls off the roof through a homeless man's house that the the homeless man humorously says that's my house motherfucker um the uh, clean my shoe he (laughs) clean, (laughs) clean, clean my dirty sock uh he will not uh you know he can't die in a car crash he hmm. <laughs> so he's bulletproof We I
2: mean, have to think that Dolph Lundgren is just like a better looking version of Frankenstein anyway so he <laughs> he, is, he might just be pieces of the living dead anyway' crash
1: proof he is fireproof. <laughs> Uh, and he's fucking you'd
2: have to be if you run the way he does because he's sure as hell (laughs) not going to run away from trouble
1: (laughs) and he's got a fucking grip that could fucking put stainless steel to shame
2: (laughs) Uh, I I don't know about that
1: (laughs) Uh, the um, so we we get the second part of the story with the terrorists breaking into now I thought they were in Colorado but apparently this nuclear silos in Illinois I didn't know they had any there but um it's hard to tell where they are. It doesn't really matter. So, no, there's a little part of the film here that that just kind of drug for me. Um, it's mm-hmm. when f- it's when they meet when you re- meet Montel for the first time. Montel yes. plays a lieutenant something, lieutenant major or something, um, and they're I think they're decommissioning the silo. Lieutenant uh, Colonel Northrup. There you go. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll I guess, I guess, fucking, I guess, cardboard is contagious because I was, I was fine when Dolph was on screen by himself, but even mm-hmm. when they're on screen together, fucking, they have the, I don't know, Montel just absorbs the chemistry they're like yeah they're like fucking water and oil like neither one of them just work very well because Dolph's line delivery just went down three points worth (laughs) when he was when he was talking to montel so
2: he's like lanny the lanny poffo if he's there by himself you're kind of like hey lanny poffo is pretty good but if you put him in there against somebody who's like really great it's like yeah lanny Poffo is not that good
1: (laughs) yeah well a, a, a good example when he's like Dolph's on the phone i don't even know if montel's in the room yet but He's on the phone. He's yelling to someone on the phone, uh, saying, "This is an emergency, Major Frank Cross." And it's just like, yeah. skin kind of crawled. So,
2: yeah, I, I did like the one time when um, the the uh, the terrorist had a um, a guy that was all hacked into everything, and he used like a voice modulator yes. to sound like everybody else. And when Frank Cross's wife calls him. <laughs> that was kind of that was there. There's a lot of moments like that in this movie that are are very tongue in cheek and you know yeah. done for you know kind of uh, to be funny. Yeah, and that was pretty fucking funny because I would have loved to. It, it left to your imagination what he had her. She thought she was talking to Dolph
1: because it comes and he up was later like, on. Yeah, comes, yeah. Uh, it, it, tell like, me, tell me what,
2: uh, you, what the wildest thing you've ever done or something like that. Think? and I'm like, fuck. I wish I would have. Yeah, you
1: know.
2: she was, but cute then, what was yeah, it? I, I didn't had,
1: recognize her.
2: Dolph didn't get any fucking uh, you know, pea soup. What pea did soup. not. Is Monica? it was she Jane?
1: She must have been Jane. Yeah, that's her. Look at oh, if you click on the photo.
2: Dick sucking lips.
1: She was in the Beastmaster TV series.
2: And I don't mean that in a sexist way. She was in Turbulence
1: 3 Heavy Metal. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. Yeah. Um so well, she made some poop. <laughs> she did. Um now we do get treated to one of the most ridiculous car chases ever. Mm. I fucking loved that part. <laughs> it seems like that that save a movie like this because lo- they're fucking defying physics, but I, I didn't care in the fucking least because, man, was it awesome.
2: <laughs> this movie does does not. It knows what it is, and that's yeah. one reason I like Dolph fucking movies because mm-hmm. I've said it a million times before. That's why he's like one of our fucking uh, Mount Rushmore guys or whatever the hell that other show calls the people that they like. Uh, <laughs> um. He they, it, he knows that this movie is straight to DVD and everything, and they could just throw together some real shit that was just like because you've seen straight to DVD movies that are just like oh my god I can't even believe I fucking watched this right right but they do it in such a way that especially I think Dolph has a lot to do with it he tongue and cheek stuff and you know kind of has a wink wink and the funny stuff here and there thrown in and so you're not taking it like. This isn't uh, Dawn's Early Light or whatever with Burt Lancaster where he's going to set the nukes off and shit. You know, It's uh, it's uh, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Dolph is fun. I bet you'd be a fun guy to hang out with. I, f- uh, I love the guy. Have now, a fucking
1: Dorito taco with and some cola. You know who else was fun in the movie was <laughs> 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 some cola. Royal Crown Cola. Oh, my God. I can't wait for that taco. Uh, <laughs> we'll Michael- be right back. Michael, Michael Sarazen was so good in this movie too. Michael
2: Sarazin is, I mean, honest to God, at one point, he was really a big up and coming actor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, he was in that movie, um, shit, uh, the, the uh, they shoot horses, don't they? One of the my favorite movies that he was in was with Paul Newman. Sometimes a great notion. If you ever get a chance to see that, uh, it's he just. I mean, he was a good actor. He's he's kind of a skinny. I, I mean, uh, and the first thing I saw him in this movie because he's pretty old, and I mean he died, he died last year too. Yeah. yeah, last year. But when I first saw him, because I hadn't seen him in anything, and I was like, oh shit, man, how the how you know as big as he was in the early seventies, uh, uh, he's. Really, he was in that movie with uh, James Coburn too about the pickpockets. I can't remember what it was called, but it was really good. Um, but I thought, you know, God, how how you, you know you you kind of fall off the radar, and then he's doing straight to video stuff. And I saw the eyeball, and I thought, oh God, you know, he's got <laughs> he's a typical villain. He's got he has to have some kind of a either a big face or yeah. fake eyeball. But he ended up being good. But then again, you know what? That's like uh, if if they took Ric Flair and put him in Ring of Honor or mm-hmm. some indie show, he's still fucking good. He's still, you know? he's
1: still Flair, so
2: and the fact that he's surrounded by guys that aren't good makes him even look way better. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe in context, he just was awesome. So he's a good actor, um, or was. was. Rest in
2: peace, Michael Saracen. You entertain me, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the um, and of course, in true nineties fashion. One of his uh one of his henchmen has to be have some like we mentioned him he has to be like have a douchey haircut or something oh yeah it seemed like in the nineties whenever there was a group of bad guys, there always had to be one with like a weird hairdo ponytail
2: and- skin back hair ponytail yeah. and this guy has i mean he has kind of sculpted like uh was it new kids on the block or which one of it was that they had the one guy that had the the fucking weird looking goatee
1: <laughs> i mean uh, there was the there was the one guy with the you know the large the large brow ridge in new kids that did have a goatee for a while. I do not name though. So oh wow! But the uh, yeah he's got he's got a top knot on his head and it looks so fucking. <laughs> um, but even he you know the, him and Dolph kind of yeah kinda he was he was down martial road. artist like they had but it some was pretty funny mm-hmm. I mean
2: it had funny shit in it
1: um. So most of this film actually takes place in this silo like i it actually kept me guessing um, you know typical what you would see in the film like this is you know hero is about you know something that happens where the nuclear nuclear strike's going to happen he needs to stop it before it does happen, and this is not that movie uh, this is kind of he 's all the while trying to get this bag back, and then the movie kind of shifts to mm the a more presidential type type you know story i was thinking backstreet boys Backs. Oh, okay that was my, that was a little later was it aj i don't know. <laughs> i don't <know. laughs> the on, um, You're
2: after the me you know that shit you listen to that crap that's
1: true Love young it. kids um and, you know, Roy Scheider plays the president, and he was, oh. he was looking very plasticky. Even though I love cool. Roy
2: Scheider, and I was like, why are you doing this stupid fucking southern accent? Jesus <laughs> Christ, you're going to be dead in like a year or two. God damn, I mean, I love Roy Scheider. Yeah. And he's, like, trying to – and, man, you – I mean, we talked about this in another uh, – probably before. I know we have, but I don't know what show. Uh, when a guy that's, like, from New York or California or something and they try and do a southern accent and it's yeah. like, uh, he's from New Jersey.
1: <laughs> um, the
2: But he died in Little Rock, Arkansas. How strange.
1: And I guess he was probably playing the equivalent of Clinton in this movie, so –
2: See when when was this movie made? Ninety seven. Okay, well, this is two thousand eight. I thought maybe it would be closer, but yeah, he started looking like a mud face. I made like, that. Uh, I made that like same Batman.
1: mistake last week. I said I think Roy Shatter died soon after this. You remember that? And I, <laughs> it was like ten years later.
2: He hey, hey, well, what was the the uh, clay face or whatever in Batman? You know, <laughs> yeah. Your face starts kind of sagging and sinking, and he already had the the busted up uh, kind of like boxer's nose and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. when he was young, man, he was a cool motherfucker. Marathon Man, Roy Scheider, fuck yeah! And I didn't even know the whole time I watched Marathon Man and loved, you know, the the character, and I thought he was such a badass and everything that the character was uh, gay. Oh, was he? Yeah, I didn't know even that. know that. Well, in the book, he is right. right. And, and well, him and Bill, William Devane in the movie. If now that I know it and I go back and watch, I'm like, you know, William Devane is like uh,
1: that. That was his lover. They just didn't want to focus on it, I guess.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, they, but. If you watch it now, knowing it, you then they they gave you 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 they gave you the hints, you okay? Know, you, you know, but I mean, I, I guess being just naive West Virginia country boy, you know, we don't do shit like that. We don't condone stuff like that down here, <laughs> yeah. here either, even farther south. <laughs> anyway, lots of gay talk in this episode. Yeah, What's I support gay rights. I think everyone should be allowed to marry and be happy and have – I think if everything was equal in the world – now I'm sounding like a communist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: the um, – Fuck that shit. Now, I, I, I don't want to keep going on this, but I do need to mention we, – we mentioned it briefly. You get to see Dolph running a lot in this movie. Oh, now, while God. he doesn't look like – Super slow, like we might see. Or you might see later on in his career, he runs like he has a fucking like full diaper. It's really kind of weird. I don't know. If it's
2: it like a bow-legged uh, dick up the ass
1: running. He was almost running like a like he was in a cartoon. Like his arms are kind of like like he was running like Homer Simpson or something. Like his. To me, it
2: seems like he's out. running really hard. Like he's like he's giving it everything he has, but he's just kind of not going. Anywhere,
1: <laughs> they had him on a treadmill. That's how my
2: dad, funny. my uncle said I ran when I played football. My uncle's like, "Man, you were slow. God, you look slow out there." And I'm like, fuck you." <laughs> I'm sorry. I had a dick up my. <laughs> <laughs> had
1: a full diaper. <laughs> um, oh,
2: wait a I'm chewing and I want chewing. Go you're good.
1: No, yeah. Like I said, the, like, it just drags in the middle, but it picks back up by the end. Um, you get some good one-liners from Dolph and, you know, it ends up being a fun movie and, you know, straight to video. It is what it is, but, you know, it's, uh, it's worth checking out. And this one, this one's on instant too. So, uh, I'll, I'll let you talk about your notes here. God damn you, motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't have anything else.
2: <laughs> god damn nacho in my mouth. Just chew, I was just just like, just go ahead it. Oh. it doesn't
1: matter. You burp and fart on the air. Just and fucking like, eat it.
2: And <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> um...
1: Looking at fucking Fargo's swastika, some of a
2: Montel, bitch. well, first of all, okay. Now I don't know if these suits exist, but they're supposedly some kind of a suit that, like a fire suit, that if you put it on, you can stand right underneath a fucking uh, ballistic missile as it's firing up and taking <laughs> off. I'm like, wow, man, that's a that's a fucking hell of a fireproof suit, um, but. Montel, when he has the fireproof suit on, he's got a big butt. You know, which <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that in a racist way. <laughs> I'm just saying he fills out that lead silver suit. Pretty- <laughs> I,
1: I lived with a girl in the uh, early, uh, like right after I graduated college, like 99 2000, that watched Montel's talk show all the time, Ugh. and that's the only way place I ever knew him from. So it's really weird seeing him. This is yeah. It, Seeing him in this in this kind of role,
2: but you know what? I think at this time was when he was pretty big too.
1: It was weird like, seeing him like curse a lot too.
2: But actually, maybe a little bit before this is when he was when when he was when he was big. I just can't imagine. I don't know. Maybe he worked on. I mean, obviously he worked on the cheap. Everybody in this movie did. But <laughs> uh, he he's well. He's got fifteen. Actor titles, and and uh, one of them is the Guiding Light, which I used to watch the uh, soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> but most of it's TV stuff. This is uh, oh my God. Is this the only major movie? He, this was maybe yeah. the only major movie he was in. He was in War Inc., but it was just he was just the voice,
1: quote unquote, major. <laughs> Poor <Monta. laughs>
2: You know, God. You know, but I tell you what, he was probably having fun. He probably somebody probably called him up and said, "Hey, dude." <laughs> Get your big butt over here and get that silver suit. <laughs> I um, did laugh
1: when they looked around the corner and they're like, there's an astronaut getting it to go in that room. That was pretty
2: funny. Uh, most of the, um, like I said, the, the one thing I liked about most of the action scenes uh, were that they weren't real, uh, you know, they're not real serious. This isn't Ronan with Robert De Niro and Jean you know, or something like that. When Do- and, and it's a, the epitome of it is when, um, uh, Dolph was karate fighting AJ from the backstreet boys. And, uh, <laughs> they, it was funny. They were even saying funny shit. He was like, oops, sorry. And the guy's like, yeah, don't. And then they just start fighting again. <laughs> um, well, you know, Dolph wanted just the suitcase, you know, he's going after to the suitcase and I love the way he talks with his, with his broken jaw, Swedish accent, you know? And, um, this was made in South Korea. What? Or no, maybe it was released in South Korea in oh. November 9th. Um But it's, you know, it may have a, a kind of a uh, – it has a real heavy-handed uh, – especially when Montel starts doing it, going into his mm-hmm. anti-nuke thing. So maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe he was big into anti-nuke stuff, and they thought, hey, you know what? Let's make this – let's get four guys to write a story about this. I believe theoret- – I mean really – I see some of this shit, and I know that there's a lot of uh, – people like, uh, you know, whether it's, you see like Harlan Ellison, who is this great writer and he's goes to write for Hollywood and they're, you know, just butcher his shit or whatever. Um, but you see something like this and it just makes you think, God, you know, uh, Maybe we should do some fucking Kickstarter shit and try and raise money because I'm pretty sure as stupid as you and I are <laughs> that we could fucking put together a fucking story that would be better than this. <laughs> but not that it's bad though. But no. like I said, I think that I think that the story they probably. Made this story and it was probably really serious. And then Dolph looked at the script and started tearing pages out and said, Here's what I'll do. At this one part, I'll wink at the camera. Or at this part, I'll say something stupid. I'm lactose intolerant or something, you know. Uh, and, you know, he was around. Um, Stallone and those guys enough to and done enough action movies that he he's like "Okay, fuck all this shit here's here's what we'll do this this is what'll sell this movie. I'm sure that he's now I don't think that I think nowadays uh the movies that he makes he has a lot more control over like he'll direct them and mm-hmm. produce them and everything mm-hmm. else and get a bunch of fucking Russian mobsters to put the money <laughs> up for it. but um the highlights of this movie, I thought Sarazen was pretty good, even though it's kind of tongue in cheek. There were some yeah. some parts where he was, you know, like uh, he pulled off the disgruntled psycho thing, and Roy Scheider in the graveyard was pretty pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, I just I was disappointed because I really like Roy Scheider, but I just thought that you know he was just cashing a check here, so he didn't give a fuck. But. um uh, and, and and the story is is so kind of I don't know I, if I would say overdone, but where you know it's it's like the rock, it's mm-hmm. basically the rock with a uh, cage and um, mm-hmm. Sean Connery. You know, the president, you left us stranded out there in the desert, and the, you know you wouldn't acknowledge my people and to acknowledge, or I'm going to set off these bombs. I mean, fuck, it's been done before, but you know what? It's never been done cheaper. And in a better way,
1: so. and not in Quebec. That's where it was filmed. Montreal. Yeah, yeah.
2: God damn, man! Two Canadian movies in a row.
1: Two Canadian liberal <laughs> movies with Henry Silva and Dolph Lundgren. We, we, we fucking we rocking it this week. So
2: I'm telling you what, the way things are going down here, and you can take this to the bank, as Robert Blake would say, right before he fucking shot his wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's times where I think to myself, man, I had to move to fucking Canada, because okay, um, my dad just had like major back surgery, probably uh, like last year, and my mom's like, you know, we're just having to tell the bank, you know, or the uh, the hospital, you know, we'll just you know pay what you can when you can, you know, and you know, uh, one of our good friends, one of our very special friends in his toque up in uh, Toronto is talking about maybe having to have some, uh, some uh, back, uh, he's got some back problems and stuff like that. And I think to myself, you know, he doesn't have to pay anything, you know, and he just goes in. I mean, has the surgery and the medication, everything's free. And down here,
1: oh, yeah, I, they, I, they I realized records. the other day I, well, I, I work, this is why I work seven days a week to have health insurance. Yeah. And, if without i lived without health insurance for almost 3 years and if i had broken my arm i would be bankrupt right now so
2: yeah And I will say this, you know, and not getting too deep or anything here, people, but, uh, especially, well, guys and girls, you know, when when you're, when you're really young, you don't think about going to the doctor. You don't think about just going and getting a checkup or having them do your triglycerides and your cholesterol and shit like that. Once you start getting up there in your uh, mid 30s, go and get that shit checked out. I'm living proof of that shit. And not only that, but I had some, uh, a couple of, uh, uh, co-workers uh that passed away over the past couple of weeks and you know uh, it's it's good to go get go get checked this is like a public service announcement but <laughs> what it's
1: the fuck fuck we doing
2: hey it's the truth man it's the truth uh, but um if, keeper. do they have do they have fucking uh uh right wing assholes in canada
1: yeah well yeah to ask vishnu He'll post about them all the time.
2: Oh, that's true. I forgot. Yeah, Vish. Bish <laughs> is a right wing asshole. <laughs> uh, I love Vish, man. He's
1: the shit. <laughs> he um, will fucking punch you in the face. When he
2: will drink. fucking punch faces.
1: <laughs> you know. Uh, but
2: anyway, this movie, um, for what it is, I think it's it's a. Uh, if, if I rated it as a straight to video. Um, just against other straight to video movies, it's superior to a lot of them mm-hmm. uh, because it's just fun. It did, like, I, I think it did drag a little bit in the middle. Yeah. But I think that that's what's maybe, uh, maybe they're just masturbating our emotions. <laughs> Re- ready for the big crescendo at the end. But, um, <laughs> 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 um, but, Comparing it to – I mean, you know, it's you can't compare this movie to like fucking uh, goddamn Hugo or something like that. That's what's hard to rate it because if I was rating it just as straight-to-DVD actioner, I think I'd give it like a 7.5. Yeah. If I rate it against like just other good movies, uh, like, okay, say against like fucking a good action movie, Predator. You know, yeah, it slides down the scale to about a four or something. But um, so let's just give it. Let's just uh, let's let's uh, you say a seven, and you got a four, and split the difference.
1: Nine. <laughs> <laughs> so Zom gives it a four seven nine, and uh, I'm,
2: trying think, I'm trying to think how how would you rate this though?
1: Whether you just on its own merits. Put it in a on vacuum.
2: Merits, I thought it was. I, I'd give it like a
1: fuck. Put it in a vacuum. I, I'm
2: Think putting it. Watching in it. Vacuum, and my penis is right in there with it. Um, <laughs> God damn. It drug in the middle, and I, I got a little bit bored there in the middle. But mm-hmm. then it took off again. I would give it a five point seven five on its own merits. Okay
1: uh and again i'm a point over you I, I, A little more i give this a 7 also just like the last movie um solid uh it's on instant you will not uh if you like dolph Lundgren action movies uh. you, you won't be you'll you'll be fine watching it you'll like it um it's it's worth watching the 90 minutes just to see that fucking ridiculous car chase so mm-hmm. so right, watch
2: him uh, run a 5 him run is worth a fucking like diaper run was awesome Oh, God, I love to watch him run. I wish he was my best friend because I'd make <laughs> fun of him every day of the week and he'd just be like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> You're crazy, Zom. Oh, you're fucking crazy, man. You're crazy. Macho Man. Jesus, he's skinny in that picture. But that's not Macho Man.
1: <laughs> is it?
2: What? Yeah, it is. I don't even know what you're looking
1: at. All right. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for uh Peacekeeper. Let's take a break, and we got uh, quite a bit of feedback this week.
2: Yeah. Go get, go get a checkup.
1: Go get a checkup. Go get your blood If yeah, she tagged. gets
2: syphilis, like uh, what's uh, uh, fucking Wolf Guy? The Enraged Lycanthrop.
1: <laughs> down with Find
2: nu- that movie and watch it. So down with she, nuclear uh, war,
1: up with as, universal health care, down with uh, NRA, and we'll yep. be right back with. Feedback.
2: And fuck Rush Limbaugh.
1: <laughs> fuck Rush Limbaugh. We'll be right
2: back. Yes, you motherfucker. I beat your ass, you fat cocksucker. <laughs>
1: Are You Serious Podcast?
4: Bestoftheleft.com.
0: Lowland Knife. 35 millimeter hero. Chinstriker versus Pensa. Family movie night. Bloody good horror.
2: Girls on film Night of the Living
0: Podcast. A male order zombie. Outside the cinema. <laughs> Popcorn mafia.
5: Perhaps you'd be interested in Gleecast. First time caller podcast.
0: Shoshow.podomatic.com.
6: The David Pakman Show. <laughs>
7: Hello, gentle listeners. I'm Fozzie Bear. There are a lot of podcasts out there, and it's impossible to listen to them all. That's where the Podcast Podcast comes in. On the Podcast Podcast, we have very special guests from some of the best shows on iTunes, covering everything from movies to television to literature to pop culture and politics. On the Podcast Podcast, you can listen to these guests and decide if you should check out their show or keep on moving. Find us in the iTunes store by searching for me, Fozzie Bear. That's F-O-Z-Z-I-E-B-A-R-E.
1: that time that was we have, good we have some feedback Yay feedback. Yeah, feedback. Yay! Right. so we got just uh, said it god damn it we have some uh we have some emails from first time <laughs> feedbackers i'm so dumb <laughs> what a dummy um we have uh we have an email from no you're not ken ken from the podcast on fire network
2: yeah. Yeah. Ken says... That's the guy that called me a foul
1: mouth guest host? I believe he might have.
0: You motherfucker! <laughs> uh,
1: let's see what Ken has to say. He says, uh, Hey guys, I just wanted to drop a few lines since I did discover I your podcast as late as yesterday. Late to the party as always. Via Zom's guest stint on Podcast Without Honor Humanity. Great way to discover the energy you guys can bring via the review of Fatal Termination. I need to see that still. Uh, having yeah. sampled most of your High Risk episode, I purposely I remember the dogs in that movie <laughs> What was that? High, high risk. risk The Jet Lee one with the dogs in the fucking van Jet Li Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah Okay. <laughs> All right. You.
1: Having sampled most of your High Risk episode uh, I purposely sorry. went for the episodes that had an Asian connection I greatly enjoy what I'm hearing It really speaks to your chemistry, relaxed nature and passion for call it film cult film, genre film, etc that the show is so easy to listen to and digest so well done. I enjoy seeing productive podcasts, productive endeavors as it does rather directly, I'd say inspire my own personal creativity. And that goes a long way across several, several sites, I'm not turning this into a plugging session, but if you're interested, we're doing a variety of shows and more will come, including a ninja show. Yes. Over uh, at the podcast on fire network uh, podcast on fire.com. Covering balls
2: are on fire. Just thinking about that. Balls right on fire
1: network covering Hong mm. Kong, Japan, Korea. There's audio commentaries and smutty, sleazy Hong Kong flicks type of shows. I am going to be watching the Rika uh, Rika series of movies soon. Those look nice and sleazy, so I'm excited about that. I'm also the writer at SoGoodReviews.com and. The mix of Hong Kong smut, Taiwan new wave, no one's heard of Richard Harrison ninja flicks, all oh, I the Richard Harrison, <laughs> and uh, Hong Kong Taiwan horror of the late seventy of the seventies and eighties is incredibly fun to be the creator of. My taste bleeds into the podcast too. Stay productive, energetic, and never let it be a strain, guys. Well, that's well, too, too late for time. that. <laughs> Jinx. There's a plug and a Oh my ch- god. <laughs> there's a plug in a little chat about your podcast during the beginning of this week's episode number 114 that goes up tomorrow, Saturday. He wrote this last week, so but uh so it is out now. Don't uh don't consider it a must to plug back podcastonfire.com. I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> I, I I added that part. <laughs> Take care and hope to catch you out there. Best, uh Ken.
2: Again, no, cool. thanks a lot, thanks. man. Thanks okay.
1: Yeah, so I'm always whenever I uh, on those weeks, I, I don't get as much time to listen to podcasts now as I used to. So usually it's a it's a outside the cinema gentleman's guide on the way to work, and uh, that's about all I can fit in. Now I've gotten uh, where I'm, again, where I need to fit in action traction. I need to fit in <laughs> uh, a podcast what? about Arnold. You still listen? Never heard of it. Um, mm-hmm. The so this will be on those weeks that I get through my podcast quickly. Definitely going to have to. See, I'm the, telling you, I've mix. been trying
2: to tell you this for a long time. If you want to listen to an all-encompassing podcast so you don't have to listen to all that other stuff, listen to our podcast again.
1: <laughs> some, some and the back the every week, yes.
2: That's what, uh, uh, you know, uh, when I was guest hosting, somebody would be like, you know, hey, did you hear my uh, the last week's podcast? And I'm like, dude, you don't understand.
1: <laughs> when you listen to silver and gold 3 times in a week that eats up a lot of time
2: <laughs> that's 9 hours of fucking podcast <laughs> and then we we we're on episode what is it 29 yeah okay so then i can like when you were saying about that jet li movie i fucking forgot all about that so now i can go back and listen to that and it'll be like something new.
1: <laughs> you'd be like listening to it for the first time you're so fucking awesome yeah so uh more we got some more thanks ken for that uh we got some more thanks, ken. here. Uh, from another familiar lady. I'm gonna listen
2: to their show. I swear to God. I swear to God.
1: <laughs> There's no God. Uh this is from <laughs> this is from Yori. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, wait
2: a minute. This might not be good. <laughs> she
1: said, hey guys, I just wanted to let you know. Dream guy. I really enjoyed the Tough Girl Gangs episode. I particularly love the review about Girl Boss Gorilla. Sounds like something right up my alley. Thank you for thank you, Loaf, for actually watching uh, the movies and taking notes while Zom ate cottage cheese or Scarlett Johansson's thighs, as he said. Mm. Oh, and thank you, Zom, for calling a chubby girl a donut while I was just about to take a bite into a cream filled donut. What an asshole. Anyways, I can't that wait. That was
2: what her <laughs> name was in the movie, honey.
1: <laughs> I can't Listen, wait you're to not going to l- <laughs> girl,
2: you might girl boss Jacob McLarge huge around, but you're not going to girl boss me around.
1: Babe. Anyways, uh love you babe i can't wait to listen to the next episode and keep up the good work p.s what's up with the two listeners that left you a weird voicemail that metal mikey dude sounded like he was larping in his backyard and justin he sounded like someone who loves pretty boys like ryan gosling (laughs) it's true justin
2: is a pretty boy like ryan gosling
1: oh ow. All right, last email of the week from Walter the Einstein Frog becoming a regular fixture here. Hey, dudes, Memphis Heat sounds great. I put it at number four or five of the year. So, Memphis Heat sounds great, and the review was you awesome. did? I did.
2: Oh, that's right. I read your thing. Yeah. And then you fucking have to redo the whole thing because you fucked up and left Moneyball off. <laughs> <laughs> I just did so enough. Memphis uh, Heat will probably be number one by
1: then. <laughs> Memphis Heat sounds great, and the review was awesome. I love when you guys talk wrestling. I really don't watch any more uh, at this point. I find the behind-the-scenes stuff a lot more interesting than the atu- actual matches. But I have a lot of nostalgia for old-school indie wrestling, and you guys inspired me to go back and watch a bunch of old-school interviews. Coincidentally, the day your podcast came out, I had just watched the uh, WCCW doc, um, The Triumph and Tragedy of War. Of yeah, yeah, that's, that's a fucking awesome. That's awesome. The, now, that's the one that's the WWE one, right? No. Okay. what's the? I don't the, think so. There's two of them now. WCCW was covered twice. They have no oh, the was the WWE one the heroes of world class.
2: No, uh, the Heroes of World Class, I think, is the one that I have, and it is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a, not WWE, and it is
1: awesome. It is lower budget. It's That's like the three-hour one. So. Not sure if you guys mentioned this in the past, but it's a decent WWE-produced documentary, meaning it's basically just talking heads and archival footage overlaid with some with really bad royalty-free background music. Speaking of which, the music in Peacekeeper was really fucking terrible. Oh, it, it, yeah. was like, it was like Sony PlayStation music. So. Uh, ah. But it features a clip. Of the Bad Street Atlanta GA video, which I had never seen before. He needs to scroll down farther on our group. I'm sure it's been posted more than once by me. I'm going to uh, tell a story. WWE does a much better job when covering other companies with these docs. It sucks that they own pretty much all the old wrestling footage in existence, giving them the ability to rewrite history in their favor. All these thoughts of dudes touching each other reminds me of something I wanted to comment on concerning an older episode of yours. I had no idea that the titular RF of RF Video was on to was on to catch a predator. I used to go onto a lot of e- I used to go to a lot of ECW shows back in the day and trade tapes with that guy. He even had my phone number and email. No wonder he was so nice to me. I was fourteen year old. I was a fourteen year old boy at the time. <laughs> Walter the Einstein Frog.
2: Hmm. Uh. Yeah, well, you know, the less said about that fucking fart face, uh, Rob Finkelstein, um... Whatever, you know, hey, I mean, he was never fucking uh, prosecuted or anything, but that was just because to catch a predator at that time or a perverted justice didn't have the cops along with him yep. like they did yep. on the show. So anyway, if uh, let, let's just say this, if he would have been on the Chris Hansen thing, he would have been being cuffed and uh, probably taken away. So whatever, whatever, you know, to, whatever. I'd have to
1: watch but, that. Uh, the WWE world class documentary uh, that one I haven't seen. I have seen the heroes of world class so
2: yeah, the, the heroes one. I liked it. Yeah. I watched it the other day. There's one. Uh, there's a. Uh, uh, there's one that a guy did uh, the um, about Chris Adams and uh, them doing all this uh, GHB and shit. And mm-hmm. the guy shot Chris Adams and killed him. And how you know. Uh, just not, I mean, you know, Chris Adams, one of these guys that was like a big hero in world class and in some other places, but he, they said he was like a Jekyll and Hyde guy, nicest guy in the world. And then when he'd start drinking, he would just be like a, a the meanest motherfucker on the planet. And uh, a lot of people weren't surprised, yeah, no. what happened to him. So, but it's pretty good. It's a Mickey, uh, I can't, the guy he's in, uh, He's in the uh, Heroes of World Class. He was one of the guys that uh, came up with all the camera angles and all that shit uh, yeah, yeah. and the production shit that uh, they did. They got him on ESPN and everything. So anyway,
1: well, yeah. whatever, you know, I'm good. No, I th- I, that, probably WCW is probably the first place I saw the Freebirds, but it was probably the like the abortion of the free birds that I saw in the late eighties, early nineties <laughs> yeah. with, with Jimmy jam, but, um, <laughs> do, Jimmy g- jam. finding the WCCW stuff with the free birds where they fought the, uh, Von Erichs was just fucking a mate. That, that is what I fondly remember of the free birds when I was younger. So being able
2: to, I'll tell them. you what I remember one time when, uh, when Jimmy Garvin first came to mid Atlantic and, um, and he was, um, Calling out Wahoo McDaniel all the time, and Precious was out there, mm-hmm. and she had on like this uh, this gold. It almost just looked like a piece of gold, gold uh, cloth that was hanging by a string around her neck, covering up her boobs. Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus H Christ! Did she look fucking good?
1: I w- I had to say though, I was a I was a Jimmy Gar- Garvin fan before he was part of the Oakley wearing Freebirds.
2: Yeah, it's not my fault.
1: I liked how he'd always strut out in his fucking yeah. sequins and his his permed hair was so awesome. I don't know Is why. Is it I one hit time?
2: It. I on. guess uh, he. he um, they we were in some match or something. I can't remember who, maybe it was Wahoo, I don't know. And uh, the fans were like going nuts and uh, they didn't have any ring. They didn't have any security and the fans were trying to attack him and they took off running for the locker room and he got back to the locker room and they closed the door and precious was still out there. And they were like, what are you going to do? He goes, Hey man, there ain't no reason for both of us to get beat up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're on your own. Awesome. All right. Let's do some voicemails. I just said all right again. Let's do some voicemail.
2: I thought we were done with voicemail.
6: Yes. Hey guys, it's the just now Network. It's a freaking awesome network. Wanted to uh, call in on your Memphis Heat Strong Man reviews. Um, I don't want to talk too much about wrestling because, as we found out last time, I can ramble. Just want to say I had you know Memphis and Heat the time on my radar ever since the GGTMC covered it. <laughs> I definitely think I'm going to shortly order a copy. Because I, I was a huge wrestling fan, and obviously, as I said, uh, I know a lot of the stuff from like the 80s and the 90s and before. So, a little shy on some of the 80s stuff, but obviously the stuff from the 70s and before, especially Memphis, I know very little about. So, a documentary like this, you know, it's 90 minutes of, you know, 90 minute documentary and then, like, what, four hours of like, special features will so probably really get me acquainted with Memphis Heat, Memphis wrestling. So, I am definitely look forward to getting that. I might just go get a ass and do it. And for Strongman, I'm definitely going to try to uh, you know, petition to get it a wider release because it sounds really, really good. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention on wrestling before I forget is the whole wrestling is fake, I guess, argument. Well, I'm not very so much argument because, I mean, it is. It, you know, they risk their bodies, so could, you could <gasps> argue they staged more. But, you know, but what I like is the kind of like the elitist snobs who are like, you know, wrestling's fake, right? And I usually respond with how dumb. Res- responded with, yeah, and I think it's fun, so, but there are a few times I might just, uh, as I'm kind of in a crabby mirror to the person like that, I'll just, uh, sometimes I'll get, like, sarcastic, I'm like, did you know Dr. House isn't a real doctor? That's just an actor, man. Why'd you watch that, you know, if he's not a real doctor? You know, or I'll usually say there was 99% of film and television, including those reality shows everybody loves. That that's, a lot of that's staged, you know, for entertainment value. I, I'm not. I've never been much of a big sports fan, but always was gravitated towards wrestling. And maybe it has to do with the fact that it's, you know, staged. When I found out it was fake, yeah, you, know, you get that disappointment. But then, you know what? I kind of gained, I think, more respect for all those involved, as you guys said, to go out, you know, for a year round, just put your bodies on the line like that. For entertainment, at the end of the day, for something that's predetermined, and I think that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So, my friend has probably the best comeback though, and he could have been lying because I wasn't there, but it's a funny lie, so I'll tell it. it was that I think it was a Walmart one time picking up a wrestling DVD, and the uh, cashier decided to get snippy with him. She was like, "You in know that crap's fake, right?" So he just looked at her and said, "Yes, are your tits and walked away." So, <laughs> nice.
3: <laughs> I got
6: the opportunity. of using that line. Uh, and the other thing I want to discuss quick was uh, how Zahm mentioned doing this and the podcast about Honor and Humanity, how uh, mm. movie trailers give too much away Never nowadays, know. and I completely agree. It's something I complain about a lot. I like I like movie trailers that maybe give me, I guess, a feel for the film. Maybe show a scene or two, but maybe just tease the film. And even sometimes teasers nowadays don't give us that, but that's what I like. I kind of just like a quick feel for what the film is going to be like, and that's it. I don't want you to explain the movie to me or feel like I've seen the movie, and what's worse now is there's so many television spots and so many trailers that if you crumble them all together, you might not get the whole film, but you probably get the gist of pretty much each scene. So I'd rather just
3: the these
6: with, especially uh-huh. when it comes to, like, stuff that, you know, I might not want to see. Like, the one thing I loved about Cloverfield's promotion was it never showed us, you know, the monster Cloverfield or really what that film was going to be about. It showed us that it was kind of, like, some disaster was happening, and it gave us all these clues that we had to fallout. But once, you know, but you had to see the film to find out. And some people were like, oh, it's too complex I didn't get wrapped up. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather have a promotion like that where I get wrapped up and I don't know. Or even like Super 8 where I don't know what the monster looks like. And then I'm more excited to see it. Like, uh, you know, because I was the know if it Cloverfield. I probably have known it was a monster movie or more specifically knew what the monster was like before seeing the film. I probably would have skipped and got around to it eventually. But I kind of got, you know, somewhat wrapped up in that promotion because it was, you know, so long that you got teased by a movie. I was like, all right, now I kind of had to see this. But, you know, it always bothers me. It's like, sometimes it just ruins it because, especially for like stuff like The Avengers, and some of these, you know, are great for The Avengers. But a lot of times I show way too many of the action sequences, and it's like, by the time I get to the theater, I feel like I've already seen, you know, the majority of the reason I'm coming. And we're comedies, especially, using their best jokes. And one thing people complain about a lot is when they show a scene in the trailer and it's not in the movie. I actually don't care about that. For starters how many times I see a trailer, especially a comedy. I'm glad it's not. Maybe I've seen it enough. I'm not going to laugh at it again. I remember, uh, talent big night's actually surprised. They were and people were complaining because one of the jokes in the trailer,
1: the only fucking reason I watched, uh, the Master of Disguise with Dana Carvey back in the day was because I actually laughed in the trailer I knew it was going to be a piece of shit but I laughed when he went turtle turtle in the trailer and he didn't fucking do it once in the movie I was was like he didn't even say turtle turtle what do I give a shit about this movie for (laughs) Uh, I can't believe
2: you just admitted that.
1: I've seen it. And I did I actually laughed Uh in the movie when the dude that played Data on Star Trek, he would always fart after he would laugh maniacally, which is actually kind of funny. Because he would do something evil and he'd go,
0: uh, uh, uh,
1: and then look around like he was embarrassed. (laughs) All right.
6: They change it up for is the movie. Right? And I was actually happy because <laughs> I was kind of like one of was coming up. I'm like, ah, I'm going to hear this joke for like a millionth time. But then they hit me with something else, and it caught me off guard and made me really laugh. So Who is this I appreciated again? that. And I like that. I, I no idea. I'd like rather something. see maybe a scene that will give me a feel <laughs> for maybe, like when I was coming out in 2002, and this one obviously got taken down after the uh, 9-11. But there was the, you know, clip of the bank robbers, trying, people trying to rob uh, the World Trade Center and hi- take it over. And Spider-Man, and when they're good away to fly on the helicopter, you seem to get caught in the web, and then you pull out, and they're stuck between the two twin towers, uh, and then yeah. Spider-Man, you know, swings <laughs> around town, and then, you know, and then it's like, see hey, Spider-Man next summer. That's great. It doesn't ruin or spoil the movie for them. It just what you was he
2: saying earlier about You
6: <laughs> we' really never get this nowadays. Everything has to be explained for everybody for them to enjoy it, because people will complain, well, I don't know what that movie's about. Well, go watch it and find out. But yeah, so keep up the good work, fellas, and I can't wait for the, <laughs> the next official silver and New Old episode. Looking forward to your review of the Peacekeeper. All right, yeah. have a <laughs> <laughs> Now one.
1: Now, now you're obligatory, line. What? Hello, Justin. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> All right. He is great. I'm gonna to try to group some voicemails together here based on the phone number. So let's do this.
2: What the fuck are these people? Goddamn! Hi
5: Silva. Hi Gold. Oh it's shit! Emily. Not at all drunk. Um, by not at all, I mean it's um, coming from the Ring of Honor show, which I know. I don't know. I guess I have like mixed feelings about in the wrestling community. <laughs> a little background. I liked wrestling when I was a kid. I have two older brothers, so I grew up with it, but never immersed in it. Um, but you know, I've my boyfriend's a big wrestling fan. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to Ring Honor." I'm like, "Hey, I want to come." So it's awesome. Uh, and then although, she would Maybe there is a like, oh, but I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, went to it last night. Last night being Sunday, March third, fourth, something fourth, I think. She's um, still drunk. I don't know what I'm supposed to tell you about it, but here's my thoughts on it. The Briscoe brothers wrestled against the Young Bucks. Now, I kind of like the Young, Young Bucks. Bucks they're, I guess they're what you call, quote-unquote, heels, but they're kind of ridiculous, so I find them entertaining. The <laughs> Briscoe brothers inspire the crowd to wave Confederate flags, which makes me really uncomfortable, so fuck the <laughs> Briscoe brothers if they want, so whatever um nice. 17 talked a lot i don't know who he is but he's very entertaining so therefore high five to him um there was a couple of other tag team matches that were really entertaining i don't remember why because i've had a lot of years <laughs> since when that started <laughs> and when that ended um uh the i am, hey, to, to again get background like I always had a soft spot for the managers and the managers, like, girlfriends and stuff. because
1: I bet she was a big Harvey Whippleman fan. <laughs>
2: uh, that's who she's dating she right now. Growing
5: up as a little girl watching <laughs> wrestling, that's all you can connect to. So um Bennett wrestled. Bennett is the Boston guy, and he even ha- talks and says something about being wicked. So, you know, he's really Boston. Um, and there was a great moment. <laughs> I guess he wrestled a wrestler named Notorious. And, um... I don't know if I spoil things or who won or not, but whatever. <laughs> but it was fun because the <laughs> Senate has a girlfriend who gets very, anyway. like, in your face to the other guy and almost gets beaten up and blah, blah, blah. Hitting, everybody figure. laughs and calls her a skank and everybody seems to have a great time. Um, I don't remember oh. what else. The last match went on for a really long time and by that point I was really drunk and I had to pee but I had to wait until after the match I ended to do anything about it, so I don't remember. Um, okay. And by the way, I really liked the last episode about the documentaries. I thought it was, um, I thought you did a great job of explaining why they were so interesting. And I think the mark of, as you pointed out, the mark of a good documentary is material that might not interest you, but is still interesting to watch. And I think that's a good point. I also watched Beyond the Mat yesterday, which I'm sure you both have seen, so it doesn't matter what I say about it, but um, apparently <laughs> there was some controversy with the way the director leaves off Jake the Snake versus what really happened, which I found interesting. Um, why am I not being cut off? I've been talking for like five minutes, and I'm still going. Yeah, why so isn't I she being know. cut off? I'm just going to go now.
2: <laughs> bye. Love you, Emily. Okay,
5: I've actually been talking for three and, three oh, and a half minutes. Oh, Jesus minute, fucking so Christ.
2: Maybe not so much now.
1: She, okay. She's wonderful. She called back again. Oh God. Maybe not.
5: Hello again. It's Emily. Um a I have really no idea if I already said this because I am not kidding what I say. I was quite um uh how do you how do you say it, drunk in my last um voicemail. So I don't remember if I said this, but I did want to make sure it was known. Um, just add, um, the other thing I wanted to say for an honor was there was a pair of guys, of course, I don't know their names, um, but I called them the Lollipop Guild, because there were these two guys that walk out, and they were both definitely weighed less than me, possibly the two of them <laughs> combined, might have weighed me, to walk out, and they both had really stupid-looking mohawks, um, but then, I guess they are what you call cruiserweights, I've been told, uh, when they fought, it was actually amazing, because they could do flips and all this kind of thing, and it was really, really neat, um, I so if they're cruiserweights
2: they're just, and they and put put Emily weighs more than they are.
1: That's like light cruiserweight, man.
5: <laughs> <laughs> they look like the lollipop guild. So if you okay. know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. Uh that's all I had to say. Um I hope whatever I say voicemail yeah, <laughs> is mildly coherent, maybe? If if I even left one, I don't know. Okay, bye.
2: <laughs> I like what she said. How come I'm not getting cut off? And then in this last email, she said, uh, "Did I even leave before?" I I
1: didn't. The last <laughs> she doesn't even know. There's a, I'm in trying to find a picture of the Lollipop Guild. I've found. I've stumbled across a movie called Lollipop Chainsaw. I believe.
2: Now l- let me ask you a question. And I'm, I'm having a little trouble with the continuity here. Okay, she went to see Ring of Honor. Okay, yeah. and let's say the show started at seven o'clock, seven seven thirty. Okay, which, you know, I don't know, maybe it started at eight. Okay. Now she said the first voicemail she left she said was the next day. But she uh, kept saying that see she was
1: drunk. March. Was she 4th leaving at ten forty three PM?
2: She was still drunk hell? from the night before, or was it like right after the show? I don't uh, know. It doesn't matter. I Emily's great.
1: <laughs> I love Emily. She's great. Oh, why do I hear her talking? uh what'd you hear what do you hear talking i think i have a pop-up somewhere on my computer that's talking in the background that's fucking Man, it must constantly. be because i don't hear she <coughs> oh took care of it all right so thank Not you emily good. uh find thank emily you. on deadly dolls house dot and girls on film if they ever yeah, record yeah, again yeah.
2: they put out a show Did they? And it was like it was the one thing about the uh, the last girls on film show is that you know because they hadn't put one out in so long. It, you know, you just—it was just so great to hear him again. But it was almost like a double deuce because there, uh, uh, when Rach would be talking for half the thing, or at the beginning, it, it was like the, she was echoing. So that was a double of her. But then she fixed uh. that, and then everybody else echoed. <laughs> but it was still great because it was their Oscar uh, Oscar episode. Oh, I need to check that out. Yeah, to get to hear Emily uh, just kind of spaz out on lots of um, uh, things that she felt were slights, indiscretions, and bullshit. (laughs) And I've never heard – the, I never thought I would hear, nor will I probably ever hear it again, the word uh, Muppets and fuck used in the same sentence more times. (laughs) And that's because she likes the Muppets.
1: Uh, That's good. So no no Oscars for the Muppets. No fucking nah, off. They
2: didn't even. The I don't even think they. They. Uh, she was worried, or that they didn't even get on the show, or they didn't show them, or have them present anything. And I didn't The see fuck. It. The fucking Muppets didn't is see the was uh, Muppets. I. You know. I heard it was good, but I don't know if I can go back to that. Yeah, Unless it's either. like not the Muppets and it's a porno. Ooh. Then this ain't be, the Muppets. You'll be
1: fucking the Muppets. All right. Let's yeah. next voice be yeah. Oh my. God. If it plays, come on, you can do it. Uh-huh.
7: I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that this is the silver and gold podcasting line. and this is Metal Mikey.
1: I think Metal our, Mikey. I think our uh, intro message disappeared because uh, yeah, that's what's up. So- he's anyway. from why? Why am I crossing English? my fingers?
7: <laughs> because K7 erased every single greeting message on every line. I've actually tried yeah. two separate lines thinking, wait, what the fuck? I'm trying to remember if this is the issue of a gold number. Uh, so what do I do? But anyways, I'm starting my catch-up path for your show, and I did listen to the race in episode. And two comments about the hosts. One for this episode you sound a lot like me. Maybe you inherited some of my sickness genes for that episode. Mm. I hope you're certainly feeling mm. much better by this point. I loved,
1: I loved Mikey's uh, uh shit story that he told a couple weeks ago on his show. Eating some, eating some kind of burger somewhere at a Carl's and <laughs> fucking blowing out the restroom. That was awesome.
7: <sighs> and Zom, um, his description of rape fantasies. Maybe it's because of the resurgence of girls on film. Maybe he's trying to audition for their show. I don't know. Uh, I wanted to correct something, and I'm not going to be an a-hole about it. So uh, (laughs) you were mentioning uh, Boy and His Dog, the film adaptation. It's actually adapted from a story by Harlan Ellison, you know, the perpetually grouchy science fiction speculative writer.
1: Uh, Mikey's dad.
7: One of uh, Piccolo's recent viewings is actually, I think, my first taste of pinky violence in a film. Grease lightning.
3: What's Grease lightning?
7: I've seen snippets of it once before, but not enough (laughs) to really have any... Concrete memories about it, especially not enough times to even recognize that Pam Greer was even in it in the first place. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, you mentioned the uh, bridges connections between both movies, but also both movies share yet another connection, namely a Superman connection. Because, hey, you've got Grease Lightning with Richard Fryer, who was in Superman 3, and then you have the other, the last American hero, that's right, with Ned Beatty, who I know best as Otis. The long-suffering cohort of Lex Luthor from Superman 1 and yes, 2. Yes, brother.
3: Good call. And
7: two more notes, and then I'm calling it a wrap. One, how exactly would possessing a fupa affect your cake-fighting skills? Ladies out there that do possess their fupa, <laughs> I
1: need to see it. You
7: know, tell me how this works. And last, but certainly not least, oh you have the question. I'm going to give you the answer, at least a code of an actor, because... You really don't want to know what we do up here in Michigan. <laughs> Let me just say it involves wooden clogs, kielbasa, and fudge, and that's all I'm giving you, baby. <laughs> so until next time, loo zoom. This is another Mikey out. Peace in the something east. I don't know. Alright, Take it easy. Talk you later.
3: Bye,
1: man. Yeah, I want to see a big fatty doing cake farts. That would be awesome. My dude. Same guy. Hey, there's a new issue of uh magazine coming out. Bam. Uh it's here, issue fifteen. Paracinema.net, Get it. The revenge issue.
2: Yeah, get a subscription. Help those kids out. Uh they're moving down hey, to uh, right wing umville.
1: Well Austin, Austin is is uh that's the the left wing mecca inside of <laughs> the the
2: All on the cover the is Hobo death. with a shotgun. Nice Your favorite. Yeah, you know on- I almost bought that on Blu-ray? Uh, <laughs>
1: I bought it on Blu-ray. Did you really? Yeah.
2: I was I was at some uh some uh I went to the mall for the first time in probably about ten years. You hated that fucking movie. <laughs> I know, but you know what? It was on Blu ray. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sammy fucking uh does this talks about this Blu ray and this net and everything. And uh I'll be honest with you. I got a Blu ray player. I don't know. I don't know if it makes that. Uh, it's like when people would say, "Oh my God!" You know, I was listening to a cassette or something, and they'd be like, "Oh, you got to get this uh, CD. It's so much better. It's the the sound quality and everything." I'm mean, like, "I'm like, man. As long as I can hear the fucking song, I, I guess maybe that's. I'm just not that down with that 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 uh, part of it. I don't know.
1: I'm the. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm I'm the same way. What I don't get I like, like a
2: huge boner over it. What I like
1: most about Blu-rays is that. I can fit the stuff of three DVDs on one disc, and yeah. so it, it's like I've gotten to the point in my life where I wanted to like make everything smaller, uh, include my DVD collection. I talked about it, talked about this on the Gentleman's Guide uh, Facebook group, but the I got I used to have DVD racks, and they would sit in the living room collecting yeah. all the time, just everywhere. I had fucking tape uh, uh, tape boxes, uh, DVD boxes everywhere. So what I've done is moved all those DVD boxes to the attic and all the discs live in these little plastic sleeves that I buy in these boxes. And I can just pull out a box and it's got fucking like 80 movies in it. And the box is no longer than my forearm. It's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, you're better off.
2: That's the thing. I mean it's nice to have the box art and all that shit, but it does. uh, I was just telling uh, Mr. – who the fuck was I talking to? I think Terry Frost of Paleo. Cinema, which is fucking awesome, man. I'm telling you what that that fucking show. If it doesn't give you a boner for older movies, you know you're not fucking human. But um, uh, you know, no, it was Jake McClarge, huge of a uh, podcast without honoring humanity. That fucking podcast is awesome. If it doesn't give you a boner for Asian cinema, you're fucking not human. Um, I was talking about all the VHS tapes I have down in my basement, <laughs> and you know, God, you want to talk about something that takes up fucking
1: a ton of space. Yeah. Ugh. Uh,
2: and yep. dusty. Oh my God. Yep, yep. Fuck. I mean, no wonder I have emphysema.
1: Emphysema. All right. Next voicemail.
2: I okay. Echo off. Doctor's
3: that's Mikey, isn't Mikey. That motherfucker called and twice. I have to And I'm swinging shit. Around
7: my sword on the wild plains of Michigan this time out. The God, Thunder. I listened to that episode, and it sounded like I was recording out of a damn wind tunnel. And you might <laughs> pick up some of it here. It's just because of the weird ass weather in the state, where one day it's warm, next day it's cold, and it's because of the wind blowing every fucking where, everywhere. But anyways. Nope, I am relatively wind tell free to sell and listen to the Tough Gals episode of Silver and Gold podcast. So, for the quick rush of my thoughts, Angelica Houston—that yeah, was brought up as to whether she's attractive or not. It just depends on the context. I mean, there are some points where it's just like, "Oh my God, she!" But then there's other times where, <laughs> like, especially in my mind when she was playing, Morticia Adams. Indiana's family films are just like, oh, that. yeah, she is kind of attractive. But Annie Sprinkle, man, nobody better talk smack about Annie Sprinkle because, oh, boy, oh, boy, is she a hot little number. And she was. And the Real Warriors <laughs> documentary that you both <laughs> caught, although at that time both recently caught, I really did not enjoy that. I mean, even though it was like a typical WWE documentary, but still, I mean, it taught me a lot of things that I really wasn't aware of. Like, I never really got the background of, like, the whole Japanese Hellraiser tag team gimmick until I saw that one. You
3: know, yeah, the yeah. one
7: with, oh, it was Hawk and Kensuke Sasuke, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. And never really saw much of Kensuke Sasuke in the Hellraiser kind of gimmick. Usually I just saw him probably around... My first exposure to him was probably around late 90s, New Japan Pro Wrestling, where he was just starting to develop his style and before he even started, like, his own sort of independent wrestling promotion in Japan. So it's kind of refreshing to see him with another gimmick than what I'm used to seeing him as. Uh, one of the movies I actually talked about, Switchblade Sisters, it is currently on my to-be-arriving Netflix queue, so I'll probably have thoughts on that. I'll probably revisit my thoughts on that uh, for a future call sometime down the road. And I do at least have something to offer with uh, girl Boss, uh whatever, with Rico Ike. Gorilla. I, I'm pronouncing her name right. Mm-hmm. i not seen a movie. I do have some familiarity with Rico from Sex and Fury. But there's another thought about Rico Ike that... Completely eluded me until recently. I actually have some of her albums. Yes, <laughs> hey, she actually recorded a I few do albums. Too. She was kind of similar <laughs> to Mako Kaji in that they both had sort of a side recording career in Japan. But whereas Mako Kaji was sort of like a straight up, I don't want to say she was like a pop artist, but you know, it's sort of this ballad E type albums. I my memory is serving me right. Mako IK albums. Oh, the best way to describe him is if, like, you took weird jazz music
3: mm-hmm. with some
7: samba mixed mm-hmm. in with her singing and occasionally sexually moaning on albums. I'm sure Zom hey, would love hey, hey.
3: <laughs>
2: Sounds good to me. Oh,
7: yeah, Speaking of Zom, you know, when yeah. he was reading out the Bryn's letter and Bryn's accent, you know, quote-unquote <laughs> accent, oh, my God, it's like I was talking right to... Brian Higgins in person, face to face. You were just impeccable. You're like the rich little of impersonators there. <laughs> but anyways, that's my thought I got mostly on track. You got to give me that much. But anyways, and also I didn't sound like you know I was recording from between oh, Drew, Vanessa Drew Barrymore's legs, wind chamber vagina. Oh, anyways, I of story. course record talking to you again soon. Another fine episode. Lozdom, take it easy. Talk to you later.
2: Bye bye. Bye bye. Never was a big fan of Vanessa. I know a lot of guys like Vanessa Del Rio. I never was a big fan of hers, and I'll tell you one reason: her dick. clit was as big as my Ernie <laughs> Lads thumb, and uh, I found that to be quite horrifying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm I not saw, a big I, fan of
1: the in, an enlarged clit. I saw her. Like, I saw her first in her 80s stuff. And she yeah, looked yeah. very mannish by then too.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, that was pretty good. That was pretty good voicemail. I love Justin. He's
1: great. <laughs> uh, good lord! I just she's got a fucking dick, man.
2: Yeah, it's just it there's just too much there's just too much dick down there for oh, me. God. You know, if you're going to do that, go full blown on twink.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. Um, let me. I'm, I'm playing these slightly out of order, so I hope I'm getting the right one here. Here we go.
2: Okay. Thanks, Mikey. Motherfucker. Action, uh, okay. action Attraction. Action Attraction. Right it's nighter. great. Uh,
4: anyway, what's up, guys? This is Aaron from the Death Rattle. Whoa! Uh, sick, yeah. Aaron. So I apologize if this is... Dig it, uh, brother! ...a little sniffly. Aaron! But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to finally call the show and... Fucking uh, doesn't sound like Aaron, though. The what the though, I think
2: he would sound like. Uh, let's see.
4: Switchblade oh. Sisters. Uh, really glad you guys dug that one. Especially Zom, uh, who seemed a little... On the fence about it. I've uh, seen that movie twice now. The first time I could not even finish it because Lace was so fucking annoying. He's like
2: sixteen and he's got uh, a more masculine I was voice than me. Fucking it's like little bitch
4: for an hour and a half. Uh, no, no <laughs> but uh, eventually to I made myself time. watch it. Uh, sat through the whole thing and like you guys, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I really liked, um, I like the characters a lot. You know, I really invested in the characters. I like. Lace's character arc, character arc. Can I say that on Silver and Gold? Arc, uh, <laughs>
0: arc, arc. arc. Uh,
4: I love, I love the whole uh, gang aspect of it. Uh, I don't know. In general, I just like gang movies a lot. So, and there are a lot of movies out there that are like Switchblade Sisters. So uh, I appreciate it for that. And uh, just a little bit of trivia for you guys.
2: I'm the stomach which, cramps.
4: You guys may already know this, but maybe the listen listeners out there don't. Uh, Robbie Lee, who played Lace. She uh, went on to do voice work in Rainbow Bright, actually.
3: <laughs> and
4: Janice Carmen, this is more interesting than that little tidbit. Uh, Janice Carmen, who played Bunny, I don't know if you remember who she was. She was basically uh, the most prominent of the lesser Debs, I guess. She always wore this armband like a Nazi. Oh, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. That's just a, a trait of hers oh. in case you ever decided to go back and watch it, but uh, anyway, Janice Carmen provided the voice of uh, Theodore in pretty much every incarnation of Alvin and the Chipmunks
3: uh,
4: since it started up until a few <laughs> years ago. <laughs> and uh, also, it should be said, which <laughs> is loosely based on Macbeth. Uh, from what I've heard, <laughs> I don't know, I've never read Macbeth. I'm not up to date on my Shakespeare, so yeah, but uh, I guess I could kind of see that. Uh, let's see. Memphis Heat. Haven't seen it, but I love listening to you guys talk about it. Uh, great, great review. Just as oh, I expected. Sir. Yeah, uh, thanks if I, were for the, if I were the director of the documentary, you know, and I heard your review, I'd certainly be uh, very pleased. Uh, yeah, obviously, I don't have anything to add to the review, so instead, I'll ask uh, a couple of questions. Uh, oh, one, what is it about pro wrestling or wrestling? that makes uh, the people who follow it so fanatical? Is it because...
2: They're uneducated and fucking ignorant. Is it
4: because it's like a <laughs> secret society and we want access to it, or is it because, you know...
2: No. We're
4: like living vicariously through the performers, so on and so forth. Okay. Uh And the second and last question would be, would this documentary still be worthwhile for people like myself who... Only had access to uh, like WWF and WCW back in the day, or NWA, depending on how old you are. Uh, for me, it was NWA uh, because for me it wasn't until the internet really that I could watch a lot of Jerry Lawler's old matches, Terry. Funk Jerry old
3: matches, Lawler, uh,
0: yeah, mass superstars, thinking. old
4: matches on in other promotions, uh, and the only tape trading I ever did that I ever dabbled in had to do with, like, IWA and FMW Japanese stuff, like the king of the Death Matches tournaments and whatnot.
1: I have that on VHS, too.
4: Yes. Yeah. Those are my two questions uh, on that note. This is probably running a little long. So uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Keep up the great work. And, uh, yeah, bye. Uh, it's, uh,
1: you know, for the first one, first question about what makes the you know the fans as, like, rabid, I guess, as they are. I, I think it really depends on the fan. Like, Smart marks, I'd say, are probably uh, there's more like it is probably that feeling like you're part of something that's kind of not cool or not like uh, you know in the collective public's mind or you know like and it's for me in particular it's 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 an intriguing business because. It's still current day, but it, it almost has a like just an like a old timey kind of feel. Feel like you know, like you see stuff about like the Dust Bowl and stuff. These traveling carnivals, and it still has that kind of mentality and the fact that, like I said in the show last week, that that guys will, you know, they ruin their lives sometimes over this business that, for a vast majority of the people that ever get into it, will never make it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's an intriguing business, you know. It's
2: it's like us doing this
1: podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ruining um, our lives. We're ruining our lives for fifty three people, which we've gone up in, in listeners apparently. <laughs> I mean fans, and um, I don't know. It's that's it's a it's such a unique business. I think you know, show business is similar. But you don't have the people like physically going out there and hurting themselves to get their point across. And, you know, yeah. they, they, unless you're they, Lindsay Lohan. Unless you're. Well, yeah. And the, like I said, unless you unless you have a problem outside of the business. <laughs> you know, George Clooney when he goes and films Descendants isn't going home with fucking bruises and his eye g- gouged out or anything.
2: Oh, Benicio del Toro almost fucking lost the use of his hands making the hunt of Tommy Lee Jones in the night fight scene. I did that all in one breath because I have to poop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think? Well, I'll
2: tell you what, I remember when I was a kid, and you want to talk about living vicariously through wrestlers, man, I used to, I was consumed with it. We used to, uh, you know, somebody posted a thing about the backyard wrestling documentary, and, you know, I can't relate, I can relate to that a little bit, but not too much, because I think some of the shit that the guys do today is totally fucking ridiculous in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Uh, we used to have some funny matches where we would have, like, a, uh, lumberjack match, and my friends would stand around, and, uh. Two guys to get in there and wrestle, and if you went outside the circle, we'd whip you with our belts, which was pretty funny. Uh, and we did; we whipped each other, and it was—it's like ow, oh, goddamn! You know, that's But anyway, uh, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I uh, used to make up fucking wrestling cards. Like I'd be like, okay, if Mighty Igor wrestled Mass Superstar, and then Blackjack Mulligan wrestled Paul Jones, and then I had Steamboat and um um uh uh you know and all this shit and uh and um was really into it, but. Um, I don't know. I just think it's, um, I, I, uh, I had a girlfriend one time, you know, uh, a long time ago and, <laughs> and she goes, how do you, what do you, what do you like about that? I'm like, oh, what do you like? And I, and I said, it's, uh, it's just a, um, I liked the colorful cast of over the top characters, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, that, uh, it was almost like, um a circus or a carnival or something like that, where you had the, the, you know, the big strong man, the big fat guy, the, the German guy, you know, you know, and a uh, big guy with like lots of hair. In it. And I think that's one of the things that's missing today that I really, that totally took me out of it. They script all the interviews. So everybody kind of sounds the same. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks the same. Everybody dresses the same. Vince likes bodybuilders. He doesn't like facial hair. They all have the short haircuts. And, um, you know, I, I just like that, that whole the theatrical thing of it, uh, like I said, going back to the old days. Uh, even back as a kid, I loved um, reading about the wrestling that took place even before I was alive. And um, to some extent, um, even with pro sports, I was kind of like that, where I liked reading about you know Johnny Unitas or... Uh, you know, Jim Brown and pl- people like that, that that played, just hearing their stories and hearing tales, the, the just hearing, you know, cool and colorful stories. Same thing with these movies that we watch. You know, you just like hearing, you know, uh, I was talking to my good friend, Roger Ward, and, uh, you know, just, just hearing stories about like, uh, you know things that they did and interesting and funny and adventurous shit and uh the wrestlers are you know especially when you start getting older and Fabe kind of went away you get to hear a lot of that stuff which i think that's why a lot of the uh, of the the older fans have kind of gravitated more towards that mm-hmm. and you know uh, just the nostalgia part of it and getting away from from the newer stuff like i said i just i don't um uh, i don't know i think they've lost something i think they've lost the uh the uh what made it really go yeah, uh yeah. and and uh the, not even just the in ring style but um uh, you had guys like Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff and mm. guys that were never was vets in the business that for some reason were the guys that were in charge and they were like, okay, here's how you do it. And they don't know how to fucking do it. They didn't do it before. They never did it. Whereas back in our time, okay, if Bill Watts had his territory and ran his territory, Bill Watts learned from Eddie Graham, who learned from here, Da da, da. you had Dusty Rhodes, you had all these bookers, you know, Jerry Jarrett, you know, any of them, the Sheik or whoever. Uh, and these guys were top guys and they had great minds for the business and everything. And then it kind of got into too much cronyism. Yeah. And so if Jeff Jarrett was a friend of Vince Russo's, no matter what Vince Russo did, Vince Russo was writing shit for wrestling. He didn't know shit about wrestling. Uh, Same thing with, um, you know, Eric Bischoff. He was a fucking announcer in AWA and didn't know jack shit about anything. And J.J. Dillon made the same point. He said these guys from WWE were calling him saying – or or uh, WCW were calling him and saying, you know, uh, what sh- what should – we wanted to ask you what you think we should do. And he was going over like business stuff. Okay, yeah. the wrestlers should uh, – out of the total net profit, the wrestlers sh- can – net for a business to be successful cannot make over this much of a percentage. And say if he said it was uh, 20%. All the wrestlers together, you take twenty percent of what you make on a show then that you know twenty percent to pay the wrestlers because you have all these other expenses and all these other costs and But he was like, "You know, why should I be telling them this if you want me to tell you this, then hire me, and I'll come up and tell you." but they didn't want that, you know, and it was just it's just weird it's like I said, it just kind of got off into. And, and the NWO thing was pretty big there for a while, but then those guys just got into entertaining themselves and and really making a joke out of the entire thing. Yeah. And who uh, was a uh, was it Justin or Metal Mikey that was talking about when people say, "Hey, wrestling's fake," and how they would handle it? Oh, they had to handle it like uh, uh, Fit Finley. I just watched an interview with him the other day, and he said when people would come up to him in a bar and say, "Hey, you know that wrestling's fake, guy, oh, that's bullshit or whatever," he would break their thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> he would he would say, "Okay, you you want okay, I'm going to I'm he goes, "Oh, you know, you know that's all fake, you can tell when you watch those guys, it's all fake." And then he goes, "Oh, so you can tell if you're actually in pain or if you're faking it." So he would say, "Let me see your thumb." And he grabbed the guy's thumb, and all the guy's friends were standing around, and he would say, "Okay, now tell me if he's faking it or if it's real." So nobody knew except him and the other guy. And he's breaking. He's bending this guy's thumb to the point where he's breaking it. And he goes, ah, oh, you know, and, and he says, okay, is your friend really feeling pain or is he faking it? And they're like, okay. And so then he would start singing a song while he was doing it with a big smile on his face. <laughs> and so he was trying to make a point. But now, like I said, back in the old days, if you walked up to Dory Funk Sr. and his wife sitting in a diner in Amarillo, Texas, and the kids are in another booth and you went up and said, hey, you know, I think that wrestling's fake. He'd get up in the diner and beat your ass until, you know, he would beat the living shit out of you right there. And, you know, just to show you that it wasn't fake. Nowadays, it's just, I mean, it's not the kayfabe thing as much because after we reached a certain age, we knew what was, you know, that you can't stand that kind of violence and not come out of it with your face all bashed up and, you know, with serious injuries. But. Uh, I don't know. It just – I think that uh, as a kid, I did live vicariously through it. They were like superheroes to me, and I just was in awe of the whole thing, the whole spectacle mm-hmm. of it. And then when I got older, um, I don't know. Just uh, – the—you know it was just in me, and I just – I still liked it. I, I just got the, the – like I said, I somebody asked me – I think Justin or somebody asked me uh, what my cutoff point was and when I really stopped watching. And I think, uh, honest to God, when Kurt Angle left WWE and went to TNA – and then the Rock and Stone Cold and all those guys pretty much were out of it and went made movies and shit. It was done. I was done. Yeah. Uh, I don't like Shawn Michaels. I don't like Triple H. They may be the greatest guys in the world. I don't know them, but I never liked their characters. I never thought Triple H. I thought he was like he wanted to be Bruiser Brody, Luthes, uh Gorgeous George, whatever it was. He wanted to be everything to everybody. Yeah. And I just never liked. I never thought he was that great. He's competent. He's a good worker and everything, but I just – he never took off for me as being like our top guy. And then, you know, so anyway, but that's the – that's whatever. You just move on, but uh, it's fun. And like I said, it was fun. I couldn't wait, man. It would be on once a week and, you know, 6.05 to 8.05 Saturday night, and you could not fucking wait to watch it now. I don't even know when it's on except – you know, I know Monday night, but – all the other stuff. I didn't even know that I got Ring of Honor, and I guess I do.
1: Oh, and I did, Sunday morning was big too. Yeah. That, that was WWF. So yeah. I, I had the the branch over. You know, Saturday night to Sunday morning, and if I ever could stay awake for Saturday night yeah. main event on NBC, that was a fucking treat. But it, that was tough back then to stay up until past yeah. midnight. So,
2: <laughs> well, that's what, what's funny is uh, you know when when we started getting um, Georgia Championship. And then, of course, you know, USA, you had Southwest, which was Tully Blanchard's and his dad's promotion, Mm -hmm. which then got bought out by WWF because that's when Vince took over USA, uh, USA Network. USA Network before that was um, Southwest Championship Wrestling. And uh, it was uh, – yeah, it was uh, Joe Blanchard, Tully Blanchard's dad. It was his promotion, uh, and uh, the main guys were like – They had the Sheep Herders. They had Bobby Jaggers, Bob Sweetan, Terry Funk, Gino Hernandez, Tully Blanchard, Wahoo, Manny Fernandez, a bunch of guys like that. And um, I guess Tully kind of liked uh, snorting a little bit too much cocaine and putting profits up his nose and stuff like that. But um, before all that, I mean, like I said on that one show, I mean, we got Detroit's Big Time Wrestling. It was on at 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon. Every Saturday, and I could not fucking wait for (laughs) to come on. And my dad would be like, "Let's go split some firewood, Uh, or let's go, let's go hunting." And then he would, you know, if we if we went out in the woods right at daylight, sometimes we would stay out until noon, and then we'd go home. But then sometimes he'd be like. Hey, let's just go ahead, and we'll we'll stay out until. I and mean, we'd stay out until, or we wouldn't get home until. I, and I swear to God, I think he knew that it came on at one, and it was over at two, and we'd get home at like. Two, uh, on the way home, he'd have to stop at his friend's house that owned the farm we hunted on, and bullshit. And I'm sitting there like, motherfucker, you know. But that was just you know, you got one show, and you got one, to, and there was no VHS, so you couldn't fucking. If you missed it, you missed it. And uh, I used to get the magazines and shit, and then he'd go in my bedroom and tear them all up and shit. When he would be in a rage, it was kind of fucked up. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the wrestling. I still love it. Uh, you know, there's some guys that I still like. I, I think CM Punk is a guy that that I always kind of because uh, I'm straight edge myself, even though Will made me drink scotch at fucking uh, at a, a sip, take a sip of scotch and pour out. <laughs> But, you uh, know, I liked uh, – I I, I kind of liked his attitude, and mm-hmm. his, I, I think he's kind of a – he was not really like a big guy or anything like that. But, you know, they need to get some guys in there. They had Trevor Murdoch who, you know, wasn't Dick oh, Murdoch's okay. son, but they kind of portrayed it like he was because he, he looked like cool. him. He was kind of fat and a redneck and everything, and, you know, but I liked him just because he looked different. He didn't yeah. have that little 32-inch waist and chiseled everything, and that's why I liked Umaga. When Umaga first started up, I was like, man, this guy's like a fucking throwback to like Abdullah the Butcher or something, you know?
1: Uh, those wild Samoans, yeah. Didn't he die? Did Umaga die? Uh, uh, yeah, he did. It was He died. It wasn't, it was uh, Rikishi still around. Yeah. Fatu. Yeah.
2: But they always, you know, anybody that, that becomes popular in WWE. Even if, like, if they're a villain and they become popular, they'll immediately turn and face because they sell more merchandise. If you're a baby face, so it's that kind of sucks, you know. Yeah. Oh well. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck a
1: duck. Well, we don't have to spend as much time on the second question, but the, he he also asked uh, about if the documentary is good for people that you know were just around WWF and in WCW. I think so. I, I honestly, I especially think if if you're a fan of wrestling and especially mm-hmm. that era, uh, use it as a learning thing because yeah. that you know, wrestling changed. Now everybody says wrestling changed a lot in the '80s, which it did, but it mm-hmm. changed a hell of a lot in the '90s. Yeah, and if that's oh, yeah. when you started, was you know NWO and the you know wrestling. Now mm-hmm. that, I'm not taking away from that because they're they're fucking umaga's name was edward smith fatu (laughs) (laughs) what a boring name um the (laughs) the um god damn it i lost my train of thought yeah so Uh, you know the the competition between the two was good because they put out they gave guys chances that would not have otherwise like fucking Mm -hmm. you know you wouldn't see uh la parka on wcw unless they needed some you know some hot like you know crazy uh, action to start the hot crazy yeah. action to start the the show off. Yeah, and
2: well, I'll tell you what I went to see um, in Pittsburgh. Uh, WWE, I guess, has like the contract for what was the Civic Arena at the time. They moved now, and they're, they they had that new arena. But uh, WCW was up there, and they wrestled at like uh, I think it was like a little college gym or something. It was a good sized gym or whatever. It wasn't like Civic Arena, which was like, you know, how many thousand people? Mm-hmm. But, um, we went to see it. And of course, the, they had a big sign right on the front door. Scott Hall will not be here. You know, he went into fucking rehab. And we're like, everybody's like, God damn it. Cause, you know, NWO was big at that time. So, of course, right off the bat, Scott Hall is not going to be there. And, uh, but I will say this at that time, and this was when NWO was pretty hot. And I think, uh, we ended up seeing, um, uh, Harlem heat against uh, shit i can 't even remember who the fuck they wrestled, but I mean it was it was a pretty good match, and sting came out at the end with the crow thing or whatever, which was kind of like Jesus Christ, <laughs> okay, you got tired of seeing that, but out of every match that there was, and I was never a fan of the luchadors watching them because I thought you know their style was like nothing means anything they just it 's like all gymnastics, yeah, and they just go from one thing to the next to the next to the next to the next. Uh, they tell you had one, one
1: thing that's cool to me about Lucha Libre is that you don't have to tag. That if your partner, if the, <laughs> if your partner, if the, his two feet hit the floor, that's a tag.
2: Yeah, which is but pretty I, cool. It, it was um, I, when we went and watched it, and like I said, I was never a fan of like the Luchadors, you know. But when we went and watched it, the most entertaining th- match. The, the, as far as how the crowd reacted and as far as me watching it was the fucking Lucha Libre match because all the other guys were just these big plodding guys like the the Giant was there, Kevin Nash was there, he couldn't do shit. The Giant's so big, he can't do shit. they uh, like Lex, Lex Luger. I think it was a uh, Harlem Heat against Lex Luger and somebody. But Luger's real slow compared to those and those guys were just bing, 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 bing. They were fun to watch. But as Eddie Graham would say, never draw you a dime. <laughs> They would say like a,
1: we We went uh, to a we went to a, a a place this week that sold empanadas and tequila. That's all they have on the menu except for some drinks. Nice. And uh but they had uh some kind of it's lucha shit. libre television show on yeah. on the TV. It was pretty cool. But I saw La Parca, he's wearing a fucking Superman crest on his chest right now. Oh. <laughs> that fucking well, guy.
2: Um- my sister had uh, like I guess like Dish Network at one time, uh-huh. and I fucking was just over at her house, you know, hanging out, bullshit, and talking and everything. And she went upstairs, and I was flipping channels, and they had like uh, it was I don't know if it was AAA or EMLL, you know, because there was two different promotions in Mexico that were really big. And uh, I was like, holy shit! And I was, but then I thought somebody told me that that it wasn't on. I, I guarantee it's on the dish somewhere. You well, know, TNA but, yeah, but
1: something with e, with uh, one of them with AAA, I think.
2: Well, yeah, because like you said, Jarrett's the fucking champ down there. <laughs> so, so dumb.
1: All right, uh, as I said, all right. Let's uh, let's move on from them. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, yeah, check out his uh dot and he actually writes for the Gentleman's Guide blog, so ggtg yeah.
2: Aaron gets some good interviews too. I think he, he did, uh, you know, uh, Lord Wes, and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what the fuck's his name in real life? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, whatever. From uh, Red Warrior. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. That's it, all right. Yeah. Said, Next voicemail. God damn it.
2: God damn it. Now you're fucking drawing attention
6: hey to guys. it. guys, <laughs> Justin again. Not oh, meaning to, once again, infiltrate your voicemail and overload it, but I just want to... Oh, my fucking God. The Is that it Justin again? on both of your guys and Mikey's requests. a few others. And I gotta <laughs> say, I'm with you guys. I don't, I don't know why people don't like this movie. I mean, but I can understand why, but it's just... I don't see the hate. I thought it was really fucking fun. Yes, it's not the greatest uh, adaptation of Conan and the Barbarian, but, but you no know else. what? For what we got, we got a bloody good, fun movie that for an hour and 15 minutes went by quick. I thought it'd be a downfall. I was like, wow, it's already over. I'm like, damn, damn right. So I mean, yeah, like I said, most of the special effects are good. Yeah, you a few here and there look a little shoddy, and yeah, there's dialogue that's cheesy. Though I like that. I think my favorite was "I don't like you anymore." Like, got a kick out of that. But man, I mean these. The fights are well done. The sets look great. And what I loved is how inventive these were. They weren't just simple hack slash hack slash. You know, I added some inventivity. I don't even think that's a word. but the fuck? Anyway, I added some creative uh, sets to it. You know, creative crap. Um, you know, I'm blanking now. But, like, for example, near the end, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's that, you know, kind of that big, like, turn rail that's, you know, that kind of fight going, on going all over the place. It's really awesome. Uh, Rose McGowan looked a little weird, but still strangely fuckable. Mm, yeah. But, hey. nah, but, yeah, no. too much forehead, but... Yeah,
2: yeah. Ew. I don't, I don't know. like
6: that I at, at all. I, I'd still do it. I, I would. Ew. So, but, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun. I like Jason Momoa. I thought he wouldn't be good. I even like the the person who played the younger, the kid who played the young kid. That, that could have been, it took like the first 25 minutes or so, mm-hmm. and that could have sucked, but, the, you know, the normal child actors wouldn't have done good, but, you know, he was good. and I don't know if he had a good stunt-up or not, but if he didn't, he handled himself well when it came to the action of flying around and all that shit. So, I mean, it's really bloody. It's really good, and Loaf said when he was watching Bright Night, he can play the uh, spot, the 3D effect, and he spot spotted a few times in here, especially with the sword directed right at the camera. But you know what? I had a lot of fun with this, and if anybody was kind of doubting but you doubting this movie, but do like, you know, swords and sorcery type films and all that, you're gonna get a kick out of this one. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. Alright guys. Bye.
1: Later. Check out it Conan. Oh, yeah. Never heard of him. I don't know. That fucker's pushing
2: his luck this week, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh oh and uh, we did we did that was the last voicemail. We did get one from uh Paul from the UK, but uh Paul your voicemail was very quiet, and it cut off right after you said who you were. So, yeah. Didn't, so maybe you want to call back in or send us a send us an MP3 in the uh, in our email. So,
2: Paul's great. Which Paul was
1: it? I Paul from <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> yeah, great that guy. Paul. That um, guy's awesome. The so that's it. Hey, that's it for voicemail. Let, hey, what are we going to watch next week? We're next week. On Let me the, write this down. <laughs> on the request of the large one.
2: Oh we're Jesus gonna, Christ! Now, goddamn motherfucker! What? Oh no, go
1: ahead. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do a couple of Mexican sleazy films. I can't wait. It's my Mexican wheelhouse. Sleaze. <laughs> Mexican sleaze. How we're am doing. I, that down? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna do a 1991 direct to Mexican video. <laughs> uh, ritmo, traición y muerte. La right, cumbia asesina
2: just send me the shit cuz i can't even fucking know what
1: that is. Zacumbia Assassina. Whatever. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't even fucking say or spell that.
1: I, but I'll review it. We'll watch this one last week and he said it was very sleazy and very awesome. Nice. So uh we like sleaze. <laughs> it's, uh let me read a little bit about it. Carmen, the hottest girl in the neighborhood, has to choose between the gang leader Combi uh, Combi and the corrupt cop Dracula. Shall she pick unbridled passion and poverty with Combi or economic stability and passion with Dracula who treats her like a doormat? (laughs) So that sounds awesome. And there's titties and uh, gore. And yes. And then we're also going to do uh, a biker film. Los demonios del desierto or uh, Desert Demons um and i believe they might it, there might be a supernatural slant to it they are definitely satan worshipping punks in the desert though and it stars um uh, the two almada twins if you've never seen these guys they were like 70 when they became <laughs> twin cop like cops in these movies and they're pretty bad but they're awesome so
2: hey, it's good
1: so yeah, a couple of mex mexploitations next week, first on the show. I don't know why I took Me- it. can long. you say that? Mexploitation. Mexploitation, definitely. It's a yeah. definite genre. Ask uh, Robert Rodriguez. Um he- uh, king of the current day Maxploitation so.
2: if he sends me a goddamn screener I'll fucking uh, I'll review his exploitations. <laughs> gotta get down on getting some more screeners yes that was awesome I want some indie screeners I want some of you uh, some of you indie uh, filmmakers that want to get some fucking exposure to send us some fucking screeners man I'll review them I don't give a shit I'll review them I'll get the fucking word out all, all right, right. I just said, all right.
1: God damn it. Um, Jesus.
2: And, you know, to honest to God, I never even noticed that you said I'm that until time. now you fucking are just. I have ugh. to be
1: very aware of it, so I'm going to stop saying it. Yes. Again. <laughs> that puppy is white and pure.
2: Give that up for uh, Lent. <laughs> fuck Lent. Uh, you know what they ought to give up for Lent? Being cr- Catholic. Yeah. Cr- Christianity.
1: Yeah, I, know, I know so many people that gave up shit for Lent and they're not Catholic even. I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Stop.
2: Walking around with goddamn dirt in the middle of my forehead and I'm not giving up anything for Lent because I like to fuck and I like to have fun.
1: <laughs> and I like <laughs> and not in that order. tacos.
2: <laughs>
1: oh God, I can't wait. Uh, let's. Yes, so thanks everybody for sending us voicemail. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, and to everybody, Emily. And, uh, you know, all you other people. And, uh, call our voicemail, 206. Aaron, bring
2: it man. You know what? That was fucking honest to god. I never thought. After all, we've done twenty nine goddamn episodes, which is fucking minuscule in comparison to some of these fuckers who've been to podcasts podcast forever. But honest to god, that was a fucking that was the, a surprise, and it was worth fucking. You know, it was kind of it was cool. I <laughs> talked to Aaron all the time, and that was the first time that I've ever you know that. He, you know, I'm glad he called in. Yeah. Don't be a stranger, dude.
1: Definitely not. So
2: I'll plug your shit on here. Vernon Wells played Wes Red Warrior. Roger Ward.
1: Zom's <laughs> best friend. Our best uh, friend. <laughs> send us feedback. Uh, voicemail is 206 339 1600 or email to silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. You can send mp 3 there too gold. for you guys overseas. Might be a little easier for you. Bring it. Uh, check us out on silverandgold.com or iTunes. Uh, join our Facebook group. We also, I forgot to mention it last week, we, we started up uh, a wrestling and gold. Um As- Facebook group. Wrestling. I'm leaving this one open because I don't figure it'll be as uh as repulsive yeah. as, as our Facebook group. So um, not as just,
2: much dick and stuff like that. Definitely not.
1: It's... So if you guys like wrestling, come check out Wrestling and Gold. We're a serious um, wrestling forum. We're a serious wrestling forum. We just post like YouTube videos and just random pictures and just talk, shoot the shit about stuff, and it's fun. Um, yeah, and and our Facebook group, like I said, it's pretty disgusting. So you know what she you, you know what she has in heaven store. Um. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, you got anything else on? Nope. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Elton? Oh, farting again. I'm, I'm sure. No, oh, no, 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 no. Did I say all right? No. <laughs> uh, all right. It's time to go get. <laughs> so I just saw it. Get <laughs> what? Get <laughs> get the get get the uh, good lord.
2: Uh, and I'll tell you what, if that would be strawberry, that would be fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> strawberry milk. Oh, it's gone. It's already gone. Uh.
2: Uh, see, sometimes that, that – if if you – if you are a member of the Silva and Gold page, sometimes you get let in on little treats like that, which you have to be like a thirty a, third a and a third degree member of Silva and Gold to see. by just what you you know what we're sharing right now. Oh my god! But you know, heck, man, you just got to check in every once in a while. We we add those little fun things every once in a while, and then they go away.
1: We're rambling like crazy this week. I think we're this might be our longest episode ever. So it's
2: four o'clock, motherfucker.
1: It's time to go to work and get a fucking taco or four. <laughs> <laughs> Should
2: take a dump. Yeah, gonna have a fucking um, have to uh, feel like be Elvis.
1: Cool. We love all you guys, uh, Zom. If you have nothing no. else, eh, some um, that's it. We're gonna go shit a- and next shit. So next week, exploitation madness. We love everybody. Yeah, and love then, Vish. <laughs> we love you, Vish. You racist bastard.
2: Yeah, sorry, Vish, man. We're not all like that.
1: That's <laughs> right. Until next week, this is Lope Oot. Oot. Bye bye. Bye bye.